A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the Trader Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode, what, 40... 41? 41? Yeah, it's 41. I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's episode 41 of the... Radio for Istvan podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, my name is Michael, and I've got my host here, Ryan. Let's see what's going on, Ryan. What's happening right now? I got to get ready for this episode. Oh, so you're drinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just afternoon here. I'm allowed to do this, right? No, yeah, definitely. You can do it anytime. What's it called? A Colorado breakfast or whatever? Colorado uh, lunch? Chicago uh, lunch. I'm almost done with this. Hang on. Is that white Russian? Did you just chug white Russian? Yep. We're good to go. <laughs> I got uh, milky. I got uh, reinforcements right here that I'm going to have to partake in to make it through this fucking episode. This episode sponsored by Bavarian Dunkel. <laughs> <laughs> there's mixed shit in here it's a fucking mutt of a uh it's a mutt i just went and got it this box is just this is all different shit well this is the real shit but these others are just mixed in oh you got a dosecchi's in there yeah pop that yeah. bad boy open so anyway we'll get to that i don't even really drink beer but i do today <laughs> oh it's fucking great we got a good episode for you guys, and we're going to dedicate 30 minutes to some Weekender talk and some rules talk, which I know most of y'all have been waiting for that, especially to see what Ryan's take is on some of this. But uh, just to give y'all a breakdown of what we're going to be going over, we're going to go with the intro like we're going to normally do. We got some hobby progress we're going to talk about, which we both have some good hobby progress. We're going to go over the cultural exchange, and then we're going to give 30 minutes. We're going to break off 30 minutes of Weekender talk. Weekender, rules talk, Inferno talk. We don't have the rules yet. I mean, we've seen the rules, but we don't have the book, so we can't digest everything. Uh, then we're going to go, we got 11 voicemails in. Uh, we're going to go over the second part of the Joe story with fingers. Uh, then we got two emails we're going to go over. We got a 2,500-point Covenant of Fire Salamander list from the Covenant of Fire podcast, Jake Bussy over there. Then Busey. we got... Is it Busey now? No. Did he say Bussy? It's Bussy. You fuck, you're Are fucking you sure? with me. Yes, because I called him Busey. I don't know. I think it's Busey. No, no. He's not Gary Busey. Remember? Fuck you. You're, you're messing with me. <laughs> I, I, might, I would say it's Busey. Let's not offend him. I think it's Busey. No, you correct it. No. D- Chris corrected me. Chris corrected me because I called him Busey, but his last name is Bussy. He's not Gary Busey's relative. I think it's Busey. It's Bussy. Fuck you. You're fucking with me. I know you're fucking with me now. Okay. So Jake Bussy over the Covenant of Fire podcast sent a 2,500-point Salamanders list that we're going to go over. Then we got a 2,500-point Head of the Gorgon list, a 3,000-point White Scar Chigorian Brotherhood list, 
and a 3,000-point reaping list from Dan, who's going to be on the 30K channel over there with David Brains. So uh, then once all that's wrapped up, this is going to be a Wheel of Culture episode, so stay tuned, and you'll get to see if you are on, if you get wheeled on or get rolled on the wheel. I don't know how to say, how to say that. So we'll explain what the wheel is if you're new to the game. But uh, So I guess first things first. Let's go into our intro, man. So uh, I finally watched Willow. What'd you think? It's <laughs> real impression. Don't pull any punches. It was good, man. It was good. Like normally when I watch movies, I uh, like I'm on my phone or something. Like you know, mo- like I'm just I'm not into the movie. Well, I was like, yeah. I, I was pretty into Willow. Like I was real concerned on like uh, how badass of a Val Kilmer was. Like I don't know how he survived versus like basically an entire army of archers, and like why they even bothered attacking him f- face first. But <laughs> <laughs> like. He's obviously. A Did you see? Sp- like you watch the movie, you, it takes a couple times of watching it to pick up on some things. But the general Kale character, I always joke that it makes like it always makes me laugh that he screams almost everything in that entire movie. Oh yeah, like almost every line he has, he's yelling like, "Open the gate! <laughs> I have the child!" Like it's like shit like that. Like he doesn't like talk. cut down the tree faster. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. that kind of shit. The whole movie is just yelling his lines. And what it reminds me of is, because um, we're, we're going to spin the wheel today, mm-hmm. like, if you've ever watched Wheel of Fortune in the United States, I've always joked about this, and I told my wife this one time, and now she laughs every time it comes on. If you watch Wheel of Fortune, there's always there's three contestants on there. There's always one fuck-face contestant that yells everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, they have a microphone, so they can hear you. Like, when they say, give me a consonant, and you say, in, we can hear you. You're on a microphone, but there's always some fuckface that goes in. Yes. <laughs> 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 if you watch that show every time, and Pat Sajak's always like, you can just tell he's like, Ugh. <laughs> I'd like to solve. <laughs> so funny. So the general Kale character always reminds me of like a Wheel of Fortune contestant that they just fucking yell everything. I like. I, like, I feel like. I feel like when they're like. Picking, they're like telling you, it's like this is Bob from Nevada. He sells boats for a living. Like I feel like that dude. Like I feel like you pick him out before they. I know yellers. Oh, yeah, that do. guy's a like, yeller. That's whenever it comes on. If I'm on that part, me and my wife will take bets on who's the who's the fucking screamer because there's always one. I've never seen an episode where there's not at least one. It's like R <laughs> instead of just saying R. <laughs> I'd like an R, Bob, and then the next person immediately after E. What the yeah. fuck? It's so funny. That's <laughs> so good. So yeah, no, it wasn't bad, man. Uh, I feel like Willow completely underutilized the acorns. He only he didn't ever use them. No, just like, at the end where he throws the one at Bad Morta and she catches it and her arm turns to stone and she like panics for a second and then shakes it off. Like he had like from what I could see, he had like at least eight of them. And that's a conservative number. Like, I feel like eight is on the low end. He probably had, like, more like 12 of them. But I saw at least, like, eight. And he didn't use them the entire... Like, unfortunately for me, like, I'm, like, a, a tase-happy person. Like, I, like if I had a taser, I'd tase everybody. So, no, I, I know I can't buy a taser. So, I feel like I would... 
that movie would not have gone the same way if I was in Willow's shoes because I would have thrown an acorn at... Help! There's a podcast host here with an acorn and he's pointing it at me! <laughs> like, I would have turned uh, Mad Mortigan into a... Like, into stone for talking shit. Like, immediately. I'm like, oh, my peck? Boom, you're fucking stone, bitch. I'm sorry. And the movie would have not... Like, I'm like, oh, I guess we're leaving this baby here. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Like I would have turned so many people to stone. Uh, Sorsha, a guy on a horse that just says "out of the way, Peck." He would have been stone. <laughs> like pretty much like five of Sorsha's little like black legion she had running around her. They'd yeah, all be stone at the end. Like when she throws the one acorn and she catches it, and then she's like struggling. Yeah. You know, she does fight up struggles. Like why wouldn't you just rapid fire those acorns at her? Yeah, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole bunch like. Like I would have turned the big giant thing that like the the uh the two headed dragon monster that would have been stone. Yeah. I don't know, but it, I don't. I don't know. At one point, it was kind of helping them. Like I don't think they would have lived through that if there wasn't a big giant dragon monster with ball sack chin yep. saving them. I don't know. There would have been a lot of people stone. I would have. I would have taken my acorn. Like when they when they put that. When they they uh, they barricaded the door, the giant wooden door, I would have thrown my stone at the door and be like, "Boom!" Battering battering ram that stone door. It may have made it more brittle though, because it's thin. Think about stone that thin; It'd be pretty brittle. Yeah, you're probably. I think right. wood. I think wood is actually stronger in that thickness, just because of the way it's designed. Well, I wouldn't have even had to have that problem because I would have thrown a acorn at General Kale. Like, way before any of that would have even happened. <laughs> and I wouldn't even tell people I'm throwing acorns. I would have made it look like I was doing, like, magic on them. Like, boom, you're stone. And be like, that dude turns people to stone. Don't go near him. He's such a badass. Like, I tried to go... I was going to go as him as for Halloween one year. And my wife was going to be Bav Morta, And I was going to be General Kale. It's but I couldn't, skull helmet. couldn't find a costume. I found one costume, and it was, like, movie level. It was, like, $8,000. I'm like, nah, I can't. It's not worth $8,000. Do you know what's funny? I think today is uh, is Willow's birthday. Willow? You mean um, the actual actor? Yeah. Yeah, Warwick Davis. I think today's Warwick Davis's birthday. Did you see somebody on our website said that we need to take the movie cover because we're, you're so sick of Willow talk? Because Mad Mardigan's all like serious looking, kind of frowning on. <laughs> yeah. And Willow's like smiling with his arms out that you need to Photoshop my face on Willow and your face on Mad Mardigan looking all like frowny. <laughs> Done. Done. Do it right now. I'm surprised you didn't put my fucking passport photo up that you photoshopped up. My wife, I fucking fell out of my chair at work laughing so hard. I sent it to my wife. That was, uh, you know, that was uh, Charles Manson, right? Like that was his. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Well, it says I... it. It's his fucking yeah. mugshot. It's his Manson right on the... It's his C. Manson right on the fucking mugshot thing. I saw your crazy-ass eyes, and I was like, I'm going to Photoshop Ryan's face in here. Getting y'all skin color to match up and everything, that was a little tough, but it worked out. And then it looks like, like from your license, from your passport license, it's got those lines running across it, so it just makes it look yeah. like you got some crazy tattoos on your face. <laughs> like some... <Yeah. laughs> I'll post that up, people. I'll post another picture dump. So this is what happened. I went to the, we, we're going to Iceland next year and I've never left the country, but we're going to Iceland. So 
first off, while we're on the subject, if you're in Iceland, if you listen to this podcast and you're a fan and you're in Iceland and you uh, live near uh, Reykjavik, which almost everybody in Iceland lives fairly near there, and you want to get a game in, uh, I, I want to take some models and play somebody from Iceland. I joined a Iceland Facebook group for 40K and put the info out there. And people liked it. They just, you know, gave me the thumbs up, but none of them actually responded saying, yeah, I'll bring models or whatever. So I don't know what that means. So I need to actually make hard plans because if I don't have anything scheduled, I'm not going to like pack an entire 15, 20 of fucking models and fly, you know, a quarter of the way around the world to not use them. So, but if somebody's in Iceland and wants to play or you, you're friends with somebody in Iceland, hook me up. I want to play with somebody from Iceland. But anyway, so we're going to Iceland. I had to get my passport. So I was in my work clothes. I had my, I'm wearing, it was a shirt like this, just a $3 Rule King t-shirt. That's what I wear to work. Uh Um, And I go and they put you in this closet and whatever the camera they use makes you look darker. So it made my skin tone look like two shades darker. And it turned my beard from like a, you know, medium brown, reddish brown to like dark, like black. And I look like straight Isis. (laughs) because <laughs> like, i just i did she's like you can smile if you want whatever i just like tried to stay stone-faced and i didn't want to blink because then they have to retake it so i was like kind of hold my eyes like wide where i have like fucking crazy eyes and she took this picture so i have like these fucking crazy eyes and i look like super dark and i look like straight out of like it's like an isis mugshot like straight al-qaeda <laughs> dude it does look a little rough i was i was wondering i was like what did they tell you whenever like like, it looks like so anyway, I was face. making fun of, I realized how dumb it is. So I, I think it's funny. So I, I showed Michael, I, cause I, I had seen the photo cause they, it's like, they almost take it on this Polaroid thing. Cause they cut the photo out there and then mail it off. And then they actually, after they mail it. So I saw the photo there, but I didn't have a copy of it. They keep the copy of it. So I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's bad. I look straight. <laughs> like I, I was, And the fucking post office lady was dying laughing. Cause I'm like, they're not letting me on a plane. Fuck, I'm getting my fucking anus searched and all that. My wife's <laughs> shut up. Like, cause she's filling out this fucking federal paperwork and you have to like swear that you're whatever. And I'm like, that looks like terrorist level shit. I would not trust me if I saw that. <laughs> I'm going to be offended if I get let on a plane. I'm going to know. <laughs> if, they, if they don't search me, if they don't make me take my fucking shoes off, step aside, sir. TSA is not doing their job. That's all I'm saying. I want my tax dollars back. I <laughs> So, um, anyway, so I saw that and, uh, was already making fun of it. And I told you and Tim, we were just talking on yes. Facebook message, yes. whatever. And, and, but you guys didn't see the photo. I was just making fun of it. So the, it came in the mail the other day. I got my passport back and I opened it up and it was fucking glorious, better than I could have hoped. So I took a photo of my photo and sent it to you guys. And within 10 fucking minutes, <laughs> I get this photo back from Michael of me photoshopped onto Charlie Manson's mugshot. <laughs> pretty fucking good. So Michael can put that up. But on our little podcast chat, I was making fun of it because I don't know what happened. Like why I, like got classified with all these bad dudes, like in the bad hombres because Donald Trump, yeah. I got, I got stuck in the bad hombre uh, category. I was, uh, uh, called what I've been compared to Hitler. I've been now photoshopped with Charles Manson. 
<laughs> I was uh, compared to, I think, Stalin or somebody. There was some other dictator. I don't know. So I've ran the gauntlet from being called Hitler to being photoshopped onto Charlie Manson in the past, like, six days from you fucking guys. So I'm glad that I, like, know your people's true feeling. Why did we compare you to Hitler? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> okay, yeah. I can't remember what the what it was, but it was inside the big chat. <laughs> yeah, I compared you to World War One Hitler. <laughs> like, yeah. like, not quite to power, but you can see things coming. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we're we're bullies. <laughs> Cyberbullying, folks. It's real. You gotta have thick skin around here. So, anyway, I don't even know what the fuck we were talking about. Other than that, we got on that big long. Uh, we we're talking about Willow, and then we we worked our way into this. Yeah, we went from Willow to Charlie Manson and Hitler and passports and Iceland. So I bought. Uh, so for for starters, that South Korean copy of Willow, Ace. It's good stuff. Special edition of Willow, four ninety. It looks super clear in the fucking photos. Yeah. Oh, it's clear. It's just. I mean, I played on my Xbox One, man. It was solid. I mean, it's clearly not you know Blu-ray, but you know whatever. But uh, so I bought four copies of it. One for myself. One I'm sending out uh, to somebody who's having trouble finding Willow, and then I've got two more, which I'm gonna just go ahead and throw those in the the wheel of culture spin-off that we're gonna have okay so, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know why i bought four copies of willow but i did and i'm hoping that tim uh yeah i know he's listening right now i hope that tim lives up to his agreement <laughs> and uh oh because you watch willow and now, so now he has to read or and or listen to betrayer yes he seems like a pretty honorable guy seems like he'll live up to his you better be I mean, he'll be Welcher, Welchy Welchington, if he doesn't. I guess I guess if he doesn't, then we could just call him Welchy McWelchenstein the third, the third every time we refer to him. Welchie, the, third, the third Welcher of... Of Welchengate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We'll just have to, like, write a whole bunch of, like... Anti Mechanicum list, super OP anti Mechanicum list, and send them all to Australia. Bunch of Thousand Suns list. <laughs> Just send them all to Australia, buy the models for people. Well, I like it. I like how I'm plotting against Welcher McWelcherstein possibly while petting my cat like this is like as yeah, evil like an eagle. he's <laughs> fucking petting his cat holding him on the side just like fucking Dr. Claw <laughs> I'll get you Tim <laughs> Yeah, Next was, time, gadget. That's a that's a really good uh, Doctor Claw impression. Nah, I don't think so. That's a really and oddly enough, he, he talks more like this. I'll get you, gadget. <laughs> Next time, gadget. That's more Doctor Claw. Penny brain. <laughs> I can do a pretty good <laughs> Inspector Gadget impression. You can do a pretty good Doctor Claw impression. I think we're made for this. Yep. Penny Brain, we have to get Dr. Claw. <laughs> anyway. Tim, read Betrayer. <laughs> so what's going on in your hobby progress, man? I can see you hobby progressing right now in front of me. 
um, well, I'm about to finish these bases. I'm painting. I always paint the edges of my bases black. So the bases are fully painted, um, other than the rims, which are going to be painted black. So just have to finish. I'll finish this while we're doing the podcast. I'm down to 5, 10, 15, 19. I got 19 of these small bases left to paint. And then uh, I finished all my Terminators. They're behind me in this tray. I showed you those. So those are all done. And I started on some veterans. I think I got the sergeant and two, the two special weapon guys done in the vet squad. And then um, I already have the, uh, my marauder squads done and I have my characters done. So I got a support support team, so, uh, tactical support squad to paint and these veterans to finish and then the vehicles and then we're in business and my display board. You feeling a lot less uh, stressed out? Seems like you're. I got twenty. I got twenty nine days left worth of painting, like guaranteed painting, and I got seventeen infantry and five vehicles to paint. So I still am like I still can't let off, but I'm finding more time to paint here at home. I had a bunch of uh, chores and stuff here recently. Like I was telling you before the podcast about having to my. Mother and father-in-law just bought a house up the road. So it's like everybody loves fucking Raymond right now. <laughs> it's come over. So I've been helping them because they're like moving in. And then we're trying to get their TV set up. I was running a bunch of coax cable and shit in the attic. So because I work second shift, it's hard for me to do anything at the house. Because when I'm here, my wife's home. And then I don't get a sear, you know, through the day because I'm working. So I can't just come home straight from work and ignore her. You won't stay very married for very long if you do shit like that so um i don't get a lot of time to hobby so i have to be pretty smart about my hobby time so on the weekends where i would normally you know like she's at work right now so between like recording this podcast and then just doing normal adult you know obligation chore shit it's been hard to find extra hobby time but i think i got most of that out of the way so it's looking good. I think I can get these black shields done, but it's still going to be close. Like I'll, I'll probably be painting up all the way up until the week before. Hmm. And when we get done with this episode, we need to, I need to talk to you about our doubles list. Cause yeah. I have two, I have, I got your list that you sent me for one. It's illegal. We need to go over that. You sent me an illegal list. So it's going to have to change regardless. Um, and I wrote a list to pair with that. So we, I wrote, I had to rewrite your list because it was illegal. So I rewrote your list, but it's j basically the same thing. And then wrote a list to pair with that. And then I wrote two lists of just that I have the models for that you wouldn't have to paint anything for that we can build out of the stuff I already own and we can run one or the other. I don't care. It's okay. going to be up. To so I'll give you the two options. You can choose which option. But if you choose the option, one option, I only have to paint one model. <laughs> The other option, I have to paint 10 models. So that could also add to what I have. But I have a little bit of time between, because I have one week between Stiff and Adepticon. So I have that week. So I should be able to get either way done, but one will, you know, trying to paint 10 fucking infantry in a week is still kind of sucks, but hopefully I can find time. But we'll go over that after the show. But remind me. So that's where you're at on hobby progress. That's you know it. what? I was just thinking about it. Like, are those rims on those bases, are they pretty open? Open. 
What do you mean open? Okay, so like you know how you have like the rollers on that you do like roll walls on? Yes. Like could you imagine like if you just had to like roll like the base side? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like just like go like this. Like if you had like a little baby roller and just paint rim bases? I don't know that that would work. It would it would give too much and then paint the top of the base. What if it was like like rubber? Like what if it didn't give? Well, for one, these have shit that overhang too. Like yeah, that, that's what I was asking. If it like yeah, I was thinking how to make that. Like if you had like a neoprene roller, that seems like the perfect like not a whole lot of give, but still able to hold paint. I think that would work out. So you can like specifically made to paint. Base Dude, mounting trims. these guys on these bases is gonna suck because I'm at the pin every single one of them because all those fucking horses I used are all like running poses where like just the very tippy toe is sticking on the ground. Oof. So you're gonna have to drill drill into their fucking foot, be extremely careful, put a pin in there. It's not gonna be fun. Did you work that into your schedule? Uh, I'm gonna do it tonight while everybody else is playing games and having fun. <laughs> you're gonna be working. I'll try to work. They'll be running back here every 10 seconds. We got one guy that's already trolling me with this uh, Inferno shit. He's like challenging me. He grew a nutsack now that he's got cheesy stuff. <laughs> You'll never fight my magic. My it's magic. funny how that works. Yeah. I didn't I didn't hear any didn't hear any call outs until until uh, the Eldar of 30K came along. <laughs> hold it, hold that thought. We're almost there. We're almost there. So, yeah, that's it. Just still working on these black shields. I'm making pretty good progress. Um, I'm hoping by the time we record again, because like I said, we got I got 17 models. I hope to have, by the time we next record, I should have at least seven more infantry done. So I should be down to less than 10 infantry by the time we record next if not more and these bases should be done and i'm hoping my display board has come in by then and i may have a good start on my display board as well because they've already shipped it it's coming from secret weapon i got yeah. the shipping notification it could actually show up today i guess because they uh depending on how they shipped it if they shipped it fedex or ups they show up on saturday i think the post office does too yep post office does ship on saturdays so i may get it today i don't know i haven't looked at the tracking info I painted so eight blood you? angels. Eight blood angels. I painted my uh, chaplain using the yep. uh, Astarath model. Yep. But I put a normal blood angels head on him, and I decided, you know, okay, I'll paint Astarath because he's got like the the muscle looking armor shit. Yep. It's like I'll paint him the red, and then it, the red head just looked ugly and stupid. So I gotta, I'm gonna paint his head helmet black and put a skull on the front of it. I'm hoping that works, but no way to be for sure. Are you still curious why your list is illegal? Have you figured it out yet? Uh, I included a fast attack choice. You have heavy support jet bikes. Oh no. Okay. So that's what makes it illegal. You swapped swapped over. I swapped them to javelins. I have javelins painted. I was just going to give you. Yeah. I don't, what the fuck? 
Okay, yeah, that no, I, I knew that I needed a fast attack choice. I guess I was just assuming jet bikes are fast attack. They are, but the heavy sport ones are heavy sport. Oh, yeah. Well, well, then why don't you just have fast attack jet bikes? Well, I guess javelins are better all around. Yeah, I guess I just picked the wrong jet bikes. Yeah, I was painting up jet bikes too. I got I got one jet bike painted up. But <clears throat> yeah, I I okay as long as that's I rewrote your I rewrote your list too. You like I changed things around. It's the same <laughs> models. You don't have to paint anything else. It's literally the same models, but I made it better. Better. It's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. huge. Trust me, it's so great. You're gonna love. You're gonna love your list. I, I read your list. It was illegal. Sad. <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> I can't even. Like that is anyway. That is some anyway. Donald Trump words right there. I read your list. It was illegal. Sad. That's. <laughs> that's not how we do things in my organization. We're gonna make it better. <laughs> We're gonna. We're gonna make it great. I made your list great again. So anyway, <laughs> um, if we go that route, um, I fixed it, and then I, I wrote a list to pair with it. Um, and then I, like I said, then I wrote a list. I basically took my three thousand point armored breakthrough that I already have models for and split it in two, and then had to change some things around to make it fit. So we can run either that or we can run go the other way but i have both and everything's ready to go i'll send you both lists you choose option a or b and that's what we'll roll with badass i love it ready to roll out autobots so yeah and then uh i started stripping my display board so i'm starting from scratch on painting that bad boy we're gonna go more of a white brownish look oh your, your buddy scott helped me out on that one so I mean, that's pretty much it, man. I, I the hobby progress this week is actually going to be fucking nuts because I told myself February first, it's like, <laughs> it's like shit or get. Like it's it's got it's go time for Adepticon and Stiff. So I've got a lot of stuff that I got to do this week, and I was definitely being a uh, being pretty lazy when it came to hobby progress. So th- this week's going to be nuts. I got to make sure I get that Warlord finished. He's like half assembled, sitting right now. Gotta get Derek over here. We gotta do some work. We took a break from that. Gotta make sure that's ready for Stiff. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all my hobby progress. Where's Derek? Did you forget him in a parking lot somewhere? <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty sure you, you're pretty happy about Space Wolves getting wool, rules today, and you had to hear that. <laughs> Well, with the rules I've seen, he should have left those space holes in the parking lot, but we'll get there. <laughs> so let's talk culture exchange, dude. Okay. Let's talk about it. So Kana got her box of cultural exchange stuff. Yep. I sent her like two boxes. You sent her one and I sent one. And it seems like she's loving the apple butter, man. That does not. And she said that she even made apple butter. I still haven't had apple butter. I don't know what's so great about this apple butter, but she it's said great. She, I sent her honey peanut butter, which apparently oh no, they made the honey peanut butter. That's right. Or did they also make apple butter? I, I think, thought she said. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think know. I think she said that they made honey peanut butter. Yeah, that's right. She said that they. So maybe she had never had apple butter before. 
Yeah, but she was going to make an apple butter honey peanut butter sandwich. Okay. And that sounds like incredible. Like, I don't know what kind of bread that would go on. That would make it insane, but I feel like... Apple butter's good. You just literally just put toast in the toaster and get it out and spread it on there like you would jelly or whatever and eat it. I actually like, it sounds fucking crazy, but you take apples, like slice an apple, you know how you get apple slices, and then just dip it in apple butter and eat it. It's apple with apple butter. It's good. I do that with caramel. Caramel, caramel or, pe- or peanut butter. I've seen people do it peanut butter. Too. Yeah. Peanut butter yeah. But it's good. That it's actually good with apple butter. Um, my favorite thing with apple butter, I sent you a picture of it, is you take a biscuit and you de- fucking put butter all over it and deep fry it. Like straight <laughs> put it in a deep fry, deep fry this biscuit. And it comes out and it's like this real crunchy, flaky fucking deep fried biscuit. And you tear a piece off and you dip that in apple butter and eat it. And that's what we eat here for like... If you go to a barbecue restaurant, like a lot of barbecue restaurants have that for the side, like one of the sides. It's deep fried biscuits with apple butter. Hold your breath, heart. Hold your breath. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so good. So good. <laughs> if you're ever up here again, we'll go get some. We'll go to the barbecue place and go through the carryout and just go, I just want a fucking uh, one of those styrofoam to go things just full of fucking deep fried biscuits and a tub of apple butter. We don't even want anything else like fuck your barbecue. He probably has a better barbecue, but all we want are the biscuits and apple butter and we're good to go. I feel like, uh, I feel like you got to eat those quick. Like you got to eat them while they're warm. Like they're not good in like 30 minutes or so. I don't know. I sent you pictures. They're out of control, man. They're good. Like so good. Yeah. I don't think they'd last 30 minutes just by themselves. I'm back down to my pre-holiday weight, too. I'm pretty happy with that. Because I lost all that weight. I got down to, like, 197. You know, I lost, like, almost 50 pounds or 40 pounds or 40 pounds. 40. Yeah, 40 pounds. And um, then, like, you showed up here. Or, no, Zach showed up, and we went and ate all this fucking crazy shit. Then the holidays came. I ate a bunch more crazy shit. I put back on, like, like eight pounds or ten pounds or something like that. So I finally fucking back to where I was. Water and peanuts. Yeah, ate a lot of that. Eat a lot of steak. Low, just low carb, low carb shit. It works for me. Yeah, dude, steak diet usually works for people. So I've been eating eating a lot of T bone. Uh, eating hot dogs. I like hot dogs a lot. Um, jerky, peanuts. Things like that. And then, like, once a week, I'll go fucking hog wild and eat some stupid shit. My wife always makes, uh, like, dinner for our entire game club on club nights. So, like, last week, she made breakfast food for everybody. So oh, we had badass. We had bacon, scrambled eggs, biscuits and gravy, some type of, uh, like, what did she call that? It's called fr- French toast casserole. It was like a giant casserole dish just with like French toast and fucking caramel and brown sugar, just all kinds of crazy shit. You just dipped it out with a spoon and ate it. Scott, I'm going to, I'm fucking uh, calling you out. Scott, not calling you. Like he ate, I don't know how much of that shit he ate, but I was like, we got seconds. He's like, you go to eat more of this shit? We're like, yeah. He ate like, that was like his favorite thing. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know how much he ate, but he ate a lot of it. I would have camped um, out next to that biscuits and gravy. <laughs> I would have just been sitting there. You got thirds of this, fourths of this. Yeah, it went away. People, yeah, there wasn't any biscuits and gravy left. Everybody got that. Oh, there was, I mean, there was some seconds or whatever, but I don't think like it. It all got eight. I don't think there was any leftovers. Oh, so good. All the, I think the bacon went fastest. The bacon went. 
Yeah, when you have pre-cooked bacon, people just seem to really be drawn to it. <laughs> like just yeah. That's that's pretty natural. That's how it works. I'm I'm like that way with sausage patties, like pre-cooked sausage patties. I can't be controlled at like uh like hotels, you know hotels they have like morning breakfast and you get to like go down and get all the breakfast you want. I could just stand in front of the sausage patty like steamer and just yeah, like noodles. <laughs> Like, well, sorry. like I said, I'm on this low carb diet, so I usually get like on the weekends, I cheat a little bit. And uh, Scott is on that same diet, he's lost a lot of weight, and I think he's on that same thing. So, um, he hey, I'm getting, I'm getting a, another drink here. Oh, you're getting ready for your 30 minutes talk. <laughs> Uh, getting well lubricated for that so my brain doesn't melt um so i don't even know where i was at you're talking about scott and losing weight and he gets oh, to cheat yeah, too. yeah yeah he gets to cheat too so we like it's like food porn talk like most people talk about like maybe girls or shit i don't know we talk about 30k in food like the whole week like he's like look at this i'm gonna eat this I'm totally gonna fucking eat this we laugh it's so fucking stupid but it's funny he sent me a message the other day. He said, uh, actually it was yesterday. He said, uh, <laughs> he says, if I keep a brisket refrigerated, will it last in the fridge for two to three days? And I was like, is it wrapped? And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it should be like, you just like, it's, it's like straight from store to fridge. You're fine. Like as long as it's not like unwrapped, as long as it's like sitting in his own juices and everything. Yeah, you're fine. And he's like, okay. He goes, I figured, you know, about barbecue stuff. I was like, yeah, that's what we do down here. And so, like, slowly we've been talking, like, barbecue talk. It looks like he wants to get into barbecuing. Well, he's on this low-carb diet, so anytime you can just get a meal that's mostly meat, obviously it gives you a lot of protein and low-carb, so you eat a lot of that. Yeah. So, and we, my wife's been sharing a lot of recipes with him, too. Um, let's see. What are we having tonight? Uh, I think he's going to buy a ceramic barbecue pit, like one of those eggs. Mm. to make so tonight we are having chicken noodle soup and potato soup with grilled cheese and a dessert that's what we're having for game night how do you know that like where did you see that like is there like a my wife my wife decides what we're having and texts it to me so i send it out in the game club email that the what the menu will be y'all have a game club email yeah do y'all have dues like is that like or you just show up and you just get free food on a weekend no, it's not free. It's five dollars. Everybody chips in five bucks. Oh, okay, okay. It's okay. all you can eat. It's all you can eat for five bucks because you know my wife. She has to work. She's at work right now, so she works like ten hours and has to fucking come home and cook for like thirty fucking idiots. So, <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna, you know. Plus, you know, food's just expensive anyway to cook for that many people. So everybody chips in five dollars, and we just give her that, you know, and then. um you get all of this plus one soda because I I buy all the soda and put it in the refrigerator. So you for five bucks you get whatever she makes. All all you you go through the line one time and you know get whatever you want. Just to make sure there's enough for everybody. And then after that, if there's leftovers, it's just you know all free you can eat. Yeah, free for all. <laughs> but it's not definitely not bad for five bucks. I'm, I mean, no like, fuck no homemade it, meal for five dollars. I'd pay ten dollars for a homemade meal. Yeah, you're undercutting yourself, son. <laughs> so she uh well she's happy with it and then she'll come down and hang out with us for a little bit and then pretty much everybody well not everybody but 
there's like four or five guys usually, and it, they kind of rotate, but um, almost every, every time people bring free beer to share with anybody. That's why I had all this beer left over in my fridge from people just leaving it. So it's a pretty good time. So if you're ever in this area and you want to come to game night, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to start posting videos. <laughs> I'm going to start posting videos of all of our game nights. People seem to like those. Like I shot one of a game night last time. Fuck yeah, dude. And put it up. So I'll probably shoot like a one minute video every game night of just what's going on and kind of narrate it and walk through the basement and throw it up on our Facebook page. People seem to like it. There's Wi-Fi like in your in your basement, right? Yeah. So like my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> is, you no, should... I don't care. I live out in the country. Like I joke like people. I'm like, I could leave a password unprotected, but you have to be within like 10 feet of my house to use it. And I live on four acres out in the fucking woods. So if you want to come out to the Indiana woods in wintertime and stand outside and freeze your ass off to get free internet while standing next to my house, you earned it. <laughs> fucking more power to you. You, uh, uh, what do you call it, man? You like, you could stream onto our Facebook like games just using your webcam. Just like put it on a table, have it elevated and just stream whatever games go on that table all day. I don't know that I could. I'm probably too stupid to do that, but I'm sure the capability is here, like hardware-wise. <laughs> but I don't know the capability soft tissue in my head-wise is there. I can log into your computer and do it for you if you wanted. You probably could. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Use that your fucking wizardry. <laughs> Wizard stuff. So, Age of Darkness podcast, JP... Let's talk about some cultural exchange. Yeah, so I don't, I didn't get the full details. I need to listen to the episode. I guess they recently recorded, and it was him and Mark, and it, like that's when he sees him when they record. They get together and play games and do what they do. And JP took uh, that box of snacks that I sent him there so that Mark could get some of it, and they tried everything, and they were basically eating it while they recorded. So they joke. He was joking about on the podcast about uh, that the their event was being catered by RFI because we sent him that box of goodies. <laughs> so from what I can tell, he loves combos. He thinks pizza combos are the shit. He loves those. Oh, they're so my good. Wife, my wife sent him these like onion pretzel something she picked out. I forget what the fuck they are. I can't find it now. There's like so many messages on the... Oh, yes, I can. He sent it to me in a separate thing. I'll tell you exactly what they are. Hang on just a second. Is um, it those like onion... Uh, like they're like french fries, but not... I don't know. No, 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 no. Let me find JP. JP. There you are. Um, He sent me a picture. They are from Snyder's. You know, the brand Snyder's of Hanover. Excuse me. And they're called pretzel pieces. And they're the honey mustard and onion ones. <laughs> and he sent me a picture of them next to white wine. And he says, I found the most perfect pairing ever. <laughs> so he's drinking white wine with pretzel pieces that are honey mustard and onion flavored. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fucking... Uh, so we were laughing. So he says that the... Pizza pretzel combos are amazing, but these honey mustard and onion pretzel pieces are so good, I don't even know anymore. Um, 
then they ate those pinwheel cookies. I sent him those marshmallow cookies, and he said that his uh, girlfriend loved those, or fiance, or whatever, and wife. I, I, I can't remember what she is. So sorry, no offense, JP. Um, Ten four. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but then he had Funyuns later, and he was ranting and raving about the Funyuns. So he think so. I don't know. Like I, I think he's blown away by U.S. junk food. Funyuns are good, but they're not cut my mouth open worth it like to me. Like Funyuns, they you got to be committed to not having a roof of your mouth. Well, that's what we joked about. Uh, I was telling you before the thing about Captain Crunch is the worst thing. Captain Crunch like slaughters your mouth. But I don't give a fuck. I can eat a whole box of Captain Crunch. <laughs> it does. You look like Captain Crunch is like straight meth. Like you literally lose your teeth when eating it because it's so good. And you can't put it down. It's like the closest thing to meth without being on meth. I'm pretty sure it's Captain Crunch. I like like what Captain Crunch are you talking about though? I like Crunch. peanut butter crunch. Crunch berries, Captain Crunch or Crunch berries. Okay. Yeah, those it just slugs out like. Yeah. Bu- it's like you just have blood pouring out of your mouth and your teeth are all loose after you've been eating it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crunch berries are good. But like I like peanut butter crunch, man. I could eat that. Jesus Christ, I could eat that every day if I had to. I haven't had it in a long time. I actually I just don't eat cereal. But yeah, peanut butter crunch. I'm super like I'm thinking about funyuns. I like funyuns, but I would rather have pizza, pizza combos over Funyuns. I feel like JP was like trying to like say how great the Funyuns were, so so Mark wouldn't eat his uh, pizza combos. Like I feel like he was trying to like <laughs> push attentions toward the Funyuns because I eat those pizza. Oh, he combos. really liked the kettle corn too. The kettle corn's a big hit. Everybody I've sent the kettle corn <laughs> to really likes it. And I did. Em- Emily told me the other day. I guess Indiana makes. Uh, the vast majority of the world's popcorn comes from Indiana. Okay. I didn't know that. But I guess, like, we make a, like, not just, like, the U.S., it's, like, the world's popcorn. Like, a lot of it comes from Indiana. Like, a huge portion of popcorn around the world comes from Indiana. What a strange fact to know. If that's wrong, yell at my wife. (laughs) You can call her a liar. That's okay. Yeah. Not to her face. I wouldn't do it to her face. Especially Dude. now that she's tra- trained up and into guns. I just sent you a picture. You sent me a picture? Yeah. I just got it across. It's the new Sisters of Battle Transport. Or Sisters okay. of Silence Transport. So. Anyway. That's good stuff, man. I'm, I, I, I know y'all are probably looking at our uh, Facebook page and wondering why we sent... Uh, or why I sent ketchup, and it's that's Whataburger ketchup, people. I don't know how to explain it, but our Whataburger, which is our local burger place in Texas, and all of Texas, it's only in Texas, some parts of Oklahoma, and I think some parts of Louisiana as well, uh, we have this place called Whataburger. If you're in Texas, you absolutely know what a Whataburger is, and you absolutely know how special their ketchup is. Their ketchup has like a tang to it. It's like a sweet tang. It's and it is so signature that here last year they started bottling their ketchup and selling it at H E B, which is like a local another local Texas convenience store. It's actually pretty works. Uh but like 
they teamed up in this like super Texas formation and started making bottled ketchup. They started bottling their ketchup and selling it. So I sent her some of that ketchup. I'm hoping, and like actually every single cultural exchange, I'm going to send out a bottle of that ketchup. Like it's just going to happen because that's like the most Texas thing I could think of is our own special bottle of ketchup. But yeah. Same thing here with the kettle corn thing, apparently. Everybody seems to like the kettle corn. <laughs> they have it. It's not just in Indiana. Um, Joe uh, Kirkus. Is that how you say his last name? Kirkus or Kirkus? One of those. One of those. We don't know anybody's fucking name. We're supposedly friends with all these people who don't know how to pronounce their name. But anyway, sorry, Joe. Um, we, not really. We you ate you breakfast with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Joe's a nice dude. So... Anyway, he sent me a picture of at his local store. They had that popcorn on their shelf, and he lives in Tennessee. So if you're in Tennessee, you can get that popcorn at some places. So I would imagine it's available, you know, throughout the Midwest. But I haven't even it's looked. that pop popcorn Indiana brand. It's got it's red in a red like matte bag. It's not like it's like in a chipped bag, but it's that weird material. It's kind of matte colored. It's yeah. not like plastic, yeah. and it's it's like a uh a Bethiston red color is the best I can describe it. Nice. And it's got a track. It's got a tractor at the top and it says popcorn, Indiana. And then it just says kettle corn real big. I'm going to text pretty and see if they have it. Or H-E-B. I doubt it, but, but they yeah. make two flavors. They make the standard kettle corn, which is like popcorn with sugar on it. So it's like a sweet popcorn. And then they make aged white cheddar. So it's like yeah. a white popcorn. That immediately sounds like my jam. I've never tried it, but it sounds like my jam. Well, I got it. I got your T-shirt you left here. I'll bring you some. I'll bring uh, if you don't have it there. I'll I'll either bring some with me when I fly down, or I'll mail you some. I dig it. I dig it. Well, that's all I got for cultural exchange, buddy. You ready for me so, to start this timer here? This thirty-minute timer. Uh, hang on. Let me finish painting this base because. Um. Yeah, go ahead. Explain what this segment is. Why I finished this last little thing here. All right, guys. So obviously, if you know anything about Warhammer Horus Heresy or you know 30k or anything like that, you know that this weekend that we're recording, the Weekender happened. And so the Weekender happened, and people got their book seven Infernos, and they just started sending us all the rules, sending us all the pictures, everything like that. Of course, we're not. In Nottingham, so we don't get to see these badass rules or anything. We can't be at the weekender, so we're getting it all secondhand information. We're seeing all the cool models, seeing all the cool rules, seeing all the the new sneak peeks and stuff like that. But uh, we really don't get to analyze too much because we're just getting pictures of pages and stuff like that. So we're going to give 30 minutes to talk about this. And the reason why we're kind of limiting to 30 minutes is because there is some things that that uh, that Ryan's very passionate about. <laughs> and so to keep the rant limited... Well, it's not just me. I, I mean, I don't put it on me. I mean, you... Ev- <laughs> the, the, the people world- I know that actually fucking think about the game and the way... Like, I'm start, analyze I'm, it. Let's start 30 minutes. You, hold on. Easy there. Easy there, Tiger. No, I'm just saying, don't put it on me. Like, I'm not the only one that thinks that it's... <laughs> I think out of both of us, our listeners know which one might go on a rant. So, oh, I've already gotten fucking <laughs> messages. Like fucking Samuel Pedro blew me up yesterday. Was all like, I cannot wait. He's like fucking. 
he's like chomping at the bit to hear this fucking episode. He was like, he's like, your fucking melted bomb thing. Like I had to listen to it like four times. I laughed for days. And he's like, I cannot wait for tomorrow. And I seen him posting like he would get on other like he was just on Facebook randomly posting on other people's pages, tagging me in it, going, Ryan Kimball's going to talk about <laughs> like, like fucking hype man shit. It's ridiculous. So anyway, we're going to give 30 minutes to it. Uh, if you it... are a Games Workshop shill, if you're like straight, if, if you if you love Games Workshop and love everything they do, uh, skip this segment. Yeah, just 30 minutes. You. Give yourself 30 minutes. Go ahead and jump because ahead you 30 will, minutes. you will not like this section because I'm just fucking putting it out there. Disclaimer. I'm I'm fucking... It's, this is going to get ugly. This it's is fair. Really like, this is the, this is like absolutely... Like, this is exactly how, like... This is this is 100% fair. Like, we're going to have, like, 30 minutes dedicated to talking about, like, first impressions on the rules that you've seen so far. And, and I'll say, the, like, model-wise and all that, and art and all that, that's all going to be positive. But the rules, I'm just telling you right now, the rule shit is pretty much 100% negative. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> so when I say it's going to start, if, if like you are completely happy with the rules, you don't want to hear about any of this, jump ahead 30 minutes. You're going to go ahead 30 minutes, and then immediately, boom, we're going to have voicemails, Joe story, all that stuff. But this has to be said. This has to – I can't let Ryan – like keep this inside of him is his stomach will turn black it's like a cancer yeah <laughs> he's got it you've got to let it out like green green mile style i'm almost <laughs> done with this i'm gonna watch the flies fly out of your mouth <laughs> <laughs> so bad <laughs> okay okay so i'm gonna all right five four three two one okay it's starting all right so first things first I did put out a survey. The survey's not done. We got 130 response. Uh, basically, one of the biggest things that happened with the Inferno release is going to be the Thousand Suns rules. Uh, there's a ton of things. If you don't know already, um, for 25 points, you can upgrade Cataphracti, Terminators, and Veteran Tactical Squads to be level one Brotherhood of Psychers, and they can choose any psychic discipline. Uh, yep. With the new FAQs, these psychic disciplines... Awesome. Or HQs can basically do any HQ can pretty any, much do the same thing. Yeah, any HQ for twenty points uh, can any independent character for twenty points can upgrade to a psychic level, and so uh, basically everybody inside the Thousand Suns army. If you took Pride of the Legion or if you took Magnus, anything like that, because Magnus unlocks right. troops for uh, Cataphracty and Veteran Tactical Squads. Also, the, they have three Legion-specific units, and all three of them are Brotherhood of Psychers. Yes. So, and then Magnus is Brotherhood of, is, is a Psyker. Level and, 5 Psyker, something crazy. And then I think Armin's 4. Yes, but he has and, a Psyker this one. He, yeah, he's Divination, probably. Yeah. What, what a drawback. Um, and... Uh, I, I do, do, do they have other special characters? Yes, they have Anon, and he is any. He has to choose. Uh, he can choose from any of the. So basically, everything's gonna be a psyker. Yes. Yeah. And so, so we released a survey. Says, do you think the new Thousand Suns rules are in balance with the current Horus Heresy game? Uh, right now, thirty-three responders said yes, they are in line. Twenty-three responders said no. And then uh, we 56% said it's undecided currently. Now, before you go through these stats, uh, I gave you a prediction before you put the uh, the thing out there. 
and uh, how 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 close to correct was I on how the community is going to view this? So Ryan said that the rules are so much in favor of the Thousand Sons that he predict he predicts that one third of the hobby community is going to be playing Thousand Sons, and that's no. How I said what. I said one third will be playing a list out of this book because this book is so much more powerful and out of line with all the other books. One third, when you go to an event later in this year, one third of the armies will be uh, Mechanicum using stuff out of this book, uh, Space Wolves, Thousand Sons, or um, Custodes slash Sisters of Silence. Well, as of right now, uh, the second question of the survey we kind of released to the community before we did this show, uh, 130 responses. It says, will you be starting a Thousand Sons detachment? 40 of 130 said yes, they would. <laughs> and 90 of 130 said they wouldn't. So it's 30% of the community said they would be starting a Thousand Sons detachment. Yeah. Out of 130 people that were surveyed. So, yeah. I've seen this with 40K. We've been talking about this. So, Ryan, go to town. What don't you like about the new Thousand Sons? Let's talk about that. Well, actually, what, just let's, talk about, let's talk about the rule book. Let's, let's go Inferno in general rules. Okay. Start okay. with whatever you want. I don't know if you want to talk about Valdor, Russ, uh, if you want to talk about... Well, the, first, the first thing I saw, the very first thing I saw was Valdor's rules. <laughs> okay. And I immediately was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought Scoria was bad. Like, we've talked about how dumb I think Scoria is. Mm-hmm. Valdor's worse than him, in my opinion. Well, maybe not. They're same level. I wouldn't say he's worse. I don't but know, he's, man. Only, he's like four up precision strikes, killing. Well, like... he's, he's definitely better in combat, but Scoria gives your whole army all kinds of crazy okay, bonuses. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Like, they're both equal level. So if you think Scoria is dumb as fuck, like I do, like for his points level. Like I think it's fine as a character. Like if they want to make Scoria, that's fine, but he should probably be a Lord of War, like a Primarch, like he's a Primarch level character. It shouldn't just be like I can play like I can play you in a thousand point game and throw fucking Scoria in my army. You know, that kind of thing. That's the that's where the problem lies. Um or Zone Mortalis or something like that with somebody like that running around. This guy's on that level. He's just absolute bullshit for its points cost. We go ahead and he will kill straight up kill like I don't like just like half the primarchs out there like no problem I don't think he's strength five toughness five five wounds five attacks initiative six two plus save uh, he's fearless bulky crusader counterattack precision strikes precision shots eternal warrior independent character. Uh, he's got Iron Halo, Plasma Crack Grenades, Digital Lasers, Custodian like Armor. Do what? So he makes him six attacks. Yeah. So six attacks. Uh, his Power Blade is plus one strength when he charges. No, plus two nope. when he charges, plus, plus one normal. Yeah, AP2. And Lightning Blows. Every roll of a six of this weapon generates another attack. I forgot about that. Another attack with the same weapon and the same initiative step. These extra attacks do not themselves generate, generate another attack. So he gains another attack, and that original attack was also a precision strikes attack because it was on a six, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, molecular severance. Any roll to wound of a four plus on this weapon inflicts instant death, or in the yep. case of a vehicle, causes a penetrating hit regardless of the target's armor value. Yep. 
and it's it's AP two, yeah. so so it's like power. It's like a it's like a power fist that's also I don't I don't well it basically it's like haywire, but only on a four up. But it's always a pin. But it's AP two. Yeah. And then uh, he may you may reroll any attempts to seize the initiative and all that stuff. And he is. You 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 missed the part where you have to re-roll successful and vulnerable saves at the end of the the severing strike. Oh, I did not see that. Uh, in addition, any successful and vulnerable save made against wounds from this weapon must be re-rolled. And he's just shy of 300 points. Yeah. So yeah, dude. And he's only an HQ choice. More attacks, more initiative, higher weapon skill, and better war gear than most Primarchs. He's slightly lower toughness, and he's only five wounds, which I think Angron and Lorgar both have five wounds. So he's straight fucking Primarch level, but no Lord of War slot, and cheap as fuck from what he does. And he makes your entire... It gives your entire army deep strike. I don't know if you went said that. I did not say that. At the very last thing... May give teleportion, tra- teleportion transponders at no extra cost. So every, every custodes can have teleportation responders. Yep. And then all their vehicles are hover vehicles, so they already deep strike anyway. So so that was the first person you saw? Yep. So I immediately fucking wanted to jump out of my skin because I knew the Vorax would be in this book. That was the other thing we were curious about is whether or not that would change if they would clear up the flare shield and all that. So the, the only thing... Volturax, is that what what did I say? You said Vorax. But, yeah. Oh, sorry, Volturax. So they did drop the Volturax one toughness, which helps. It does help. It's still way too cheap. Um, and they cleared up the flare shield, and it is 360 degrees. Yep. So they didn't, they didn't meet my expectations on that either. So there's that. I mean, and then I started looking at the models. I think all the models look good. Did you see that latest one I just sent you, that Sisters of Battle Transport? It's that one that's like shows up in the background of Inferno. It's like a big old bus. It's like a big old Sisters of Battle bus. Uh, Hang on, I'm looking here. You're cutting into my time with photos. Okay, go ahead. Keep talking. Did you send it in Facebook? No, text message. Text message. Oh, you no. it maybe, in Facebook. Maybe a fa- Facebook, okay. Swap it back and forth. That thing looks weird. <laughs> it looks like fucking worms from Dune. I like it. This I can't wait to see that thing painted. It's going to look so good. I cannot wait to see that thing painted. Oh, I'm excited. Anyway. Continue on. Weird. I just think the rules in this thing are totally fucking out of line. Like, totally. Like, they took those... Those stupid secretary... I shouldn't say stupid, because they look cool. The little secretary guys, or whatever they are, the little upgrades for the 40k Mechanicum guys with the shields and spears. Uh-huh. And the, the grenade launcher guys and all that, and just ported them over, which is bad enough, because they were they're pretty out of control. But then they also gave them like another little HQ model that makes all those guys better. 
So now Mechanicum can have like a unit of 20 guys that all shoot haywire shots. Mm. And they're like not that expensive. I have not, uh, uh, I haven't seen those rules, unfortunately, for in, inside well, Inferno. Well, a 12 inch range haywire gun on every model in a unit. And they're sub, I think they're like 12 points a guy or 15 points a guy or something like that. Damn. Um, the thing that really made me blow my top was the Thousand Suns rules and uh, Lehman Russ. Um, I think everybody knows how fucking dumb invisibility is, right? It's pretty much everybody clear on they think invisibility is stupid. I mean, yeah. I know even the I Force guys or whoever when they talk about it. I know a lot of people that when they roll that psychic power, they just tell their opponent, don't worry, like, I'll re-roll it. Well, Lehman Russ has built-in invisibility in close combat. You don't turn it off. He doesn't have to roll any dice. He just has it. Yep. Cause mainly because he's weapon skill nine and there's a minus one hit modifier. He's weapon skill nine, which means you never are going to hit him on anything better than a four up because nothing in the game's weapon skill 10 that I'm aware of. Um, Gilliman can get there after three rounds of combat, I guess, because he's eight. Yeah. He'll, he won't live that long, but, um, so the problem is it's minus one in the first round, but then after in the second round of combat beyond it jumps to a minus two. So when your weapon skill nine, it means everybody's going to be less than you. So they're already hitting you on fours. And then when you impose a negative two, it means you're only going to hit him on sixes. Oof. So you, for for every attack you roll, you have a 16% chance of hitting him. And then you have to roll the wound, and then he has to fail a four-up invulnerable save. And he's got six wounds. And then he has it will not die to get wounds back. And then in return, he's like seven attacks or eight attacks. He's a lot of attacks. I think he's six base with two weapons, seven or char. I don't know. He's a lot. He's a lot of attacks. I can tell you... But anyway, his sword uh, has shred, so it gets to reroll the wound. And then if you take a wound from it, you have to pass a toughness check on two dice. So it's a two dice toughness check. And if you fail it, then you take an additional D3 AP2 hits. He's very powerful. He, he is Russ. So, and he's like, he'll kill, he'll basically kill any Primarch in a challenge. Like, I, I don't think he'll have any issue with it. Uh, He's six attack base. Yeah. So, um, I don't necessarily, I don't know. It is what it is. Like, I mean, I guess you could argue fluff. Well, he should be able to kill any Primarch. I don't think it should be easy. You know what I mean? Like, we were, like, against a lot of the Primarchs, it's literally not even a fight. They would be lucky to put wounds on him at all. Like, Vulcan, he fights before Vulcan. He has higher, way higher weapon skill than Vulcan. Um, even though, like Vulcan, I'm using Vulcan as an example because he's supposed to be, like Vulcan is a beat stick Primarch. He does not buff your army at all. He's literally just supposed to be for close combat. That's the other thing I have with Russ is there's really no drawback. Like when you take Russ, he makes veterans and the special Space Wolf Terminator's troops. Right off the bat, you get that. Plus he gives your entire army plus one leadership plus he gets to use some howl of the wolf thing i didn't even look what that was um so he's going to give your entire army benefits on top of being the best 
close combat character in the game on top of being the most durable Primark in the game. Hmm. Because his armor also against like almost everything you would use to shoot a Primark, his armor goes to a three up invulnerable save against plasma, melta, all that shit. Yep. And he's got against things with a toughness value. He's probably got the best close combat weapon there is. The sword. Yeah, it's a good sword. And he's not even like the most expensive or whatever. He's like 450 points. No. <laughs> yep. It's totally out of line. And then I saw the Great Hunter things for Space Wolves, the ones that replace tactical squads that are just like so much better than a tactical squad. It's not even, uh, you would have to be blind to not see it. And they're the same points for some fucking reason. Let's see. What exactly do they have different? I know that they can run and charge in the same turn. And they get like war gear, like you can put war gear on every guy. We're a normal tactical squad. The only guy that gets any upgrades is a sergeant. But the thing that really made me lose my mind was the Thousand Sons. When I saw their Terminators that are just straight better than Fire Drakes for vastly less points, um, when you don't even figure in really that they're also level two psychers, it's pretty maddening. Because that's another thing, like when you talk about top tier units in the game, Fire Drakes inevitably come up and these guys make them look foolish. And there are less points. Gray Slayer Pack. Yeah. Anyway, continue on with your... Find them? Yeah. yeah, I saw them. What do they do? Let's hear what they do. Uh, so, Grayslayer pack uh, is 125 points for and 10 dudes. So, that's the exact same points as a tactical squad. Any of the models may take one of the following, a bolter, combat shield, heavy chain blade, or exchange their close combat weapon for a power weapon for five points. So are, are any of those upgrades cost anything? The, all uh, those cost? Yeah, two points for the bolter, three point for a combat shield, and three point for a heavy chain blade. And then five and then point for a power weapon. For a power weapon. So they're only five point power weapons. So you can have a 10 man squad of power weapons for 50 points. Yes. So that's already way cheap because I think the cheapest you can get on anyone else is 10 points. And then uh, for every five models in the squad, one model might take one of the following, which is the Kami weapon, power fist, lightning claw, hand flamer, plasma pistol. They can take Nuncio Vox, Legion Vixilla. What's their base war gear? Uh, bolt pistol, close combat weapon. Frag crack grenades. What's their base attack? What's their stat line? Uh, four, four, four. Same as attack marine. Okay. Uh, the sergeant can take frost weapon, frost gear. Artifice armor and melt bombs. And then don't they have some rule where they maybe it's a it might be a right of war, but they have something where they can run and charge in the same turn. I don't see anything like that, but it must be in their actual rules itself. Uh, I don't know. All only I'm saying gray is slayers maybe taken as compulsory troops. Yeah, no. I mean just be real with me here. Do you, do you not see a problem with that? I mean, that those are the exact same points as tacticals. I see that they're exact same points as tacticals. 
I mean, but look at how much dip, like look how much better they are. Just because they can have all power weapons and. Well, but yeah, it's not only well they ha- all have all those options, and then when you factor in all the other stuff Space Wolves get, where they're plus one weapon skill, counterattack, all that other horseshit, and then the five po- only five points to give a guy a power weapon, where everyone else it's ten points or higher. So for 175, you get an entire squad of dudes with power weapons with all the Space Wolf rules, and then I, I'm pretty sure somewhere they get a thing where they can run and charge in the same turn. I'm trying to see if that's a... All I'm getting here is this is major, 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 whatever you want to call it, codex creep, book creep. I know Space Wolf players don't want to hear it, and they don't like, oh, it's not that bad. It's fucking bad. It's obvious. It's pretty blatant. Like, these are clearly better rules than anyone else has gotten in the past. I don't think you can argue that if you really think about it. It's not a big deal. There's too much shit to go through. We did. We weren't going to get hung up on this. We talked about that. Good. Good. Continue on. I'm, I'm looking through the rules. So, these Thousand Sun Terminator guys are two wound stubborn Terminators that are also Brotherhood of Psychers level two. And then Thousand Sons have a thing to where if you take a certain psychic discipline, you get a free bonus. So if they take telekinesis, they increase their invulnerable save by one. So they take telekinesis and they go, if the cataphract, they're in cataphracty armor, so they go from a two up, four up to a two up, three up for free. Um, I think they're 255 for the first five, and then they're only 35 points a guy afterwards. So let's do the math on that. So they are 35 times 5 plus 255. So for 10 of them, they're 430 points, and they'll have a 2-up, 3-up, a combi bolter with shred, and then a force weapon, which is going to inflict instant death on whatever, which is bananas. So to do fire drakes, I think fire drakes are 40 a guy. Then they're 275. And then you have to pay 50 points to give the squad shields. So they're 525 points, um, and they lose their shooting, and they're not psychers. And they're, you know, they obviously don't inflict instant death on fucking everything. Huh. I just, I don't get it. Explain this to me, how this is like, all things being equal, that, that somebody sat down and wrote these rules and thought that this is fine. And this isn't even getting into Magnus with his, like... Like, Magnus is next level. Like, Magnus would be used in almost every 40k list if he was in 40k. I mean, you can shoot out... We were just talking before the show. It's it's easily possible to shoot an 18-inch Nova attack that hits every unit within 18 inches with 2d6 strength D hits that ignore line of sight and ignore cover. Who thinks that's okay? Do you think that's okay? <laughs> Sounds very Magnus, but uh doesn't sound fun to play against, no. Um the most dice you can get in a loyalist army is four, because you have to take your compulsory HQ, and none of those are psychers unless you have a special character. Uh so I wanna say Salamanders can get a level one with uh what's his face? The chaplain psyker guy. 
I don't know who you're talking about, but yeah. The uh, guy from book six, but he's a level one and he's compulsory. Yeah. Night Lords can do it. Well, Night Lords are traitor, but they can do it because they get a uh, Sevatar, and then D- Death Guard can do it because of Callus Typhon's level one, and then I think there's another Death Guard character that's a loyalist that's level one. So unless you play one of those legions, you're stuck at four dice because you can take two library consoles. Yeah. Yeah, that are level two. So you're going to get four dice. So if somebody just takes Magnus and Armin, that's nine. And then every unit in your army is going to be at least level one. And then you harness warp charge army wide on a three plus, which not even like fucking Eldar and 40 K do silly shit like that. I know how dumb that is because I play Lorgar. I have to pay a 75 fucking point upgrade to do that with one character. And you're getting an army wide for free. Um, you're not going to be able to stop any of that because a lot of it's blessings and blessings. You don't get, you know, Oh, I have a psyker. So you're negative, whatever I have iron. Like it doesn't matter. Cause I'm not targeting you. I'm just putting blessings on myself. And then to add insult to injury, a lot of this shit is brotherhood of psychers, which if you know anything about 40 K whenever they do brotherhood of psychers in 40 K, they're usually extremely careful on what they have access to. Because if you have a power like Iron Arm or Precognition or Warp Speed that says targets the Psyker only, but you're dumb enough to give it to an entire unit of Brotherhood of Psychers, they all benefit from it. So you could have an entire unit of Tough 7, Strength 7 Marines or an entire unit of Cataphracty with five base attacks per guy, six apiece on the charge. Um... At, at initiative seven. Um, you could have an entire unit with precognition. Precognition is re-roll all failed saves, all failed rolls to hit, all failed rolls to win. Unit-wide. Imagine just a base cataphracty, cataphracty squad with precog on the entire unit. For 25 fucking points. That's fucking brutal. <laughs> I don't... Um, not to mention that, you know, invisibility, you're going to sling invisibility around, you're going to have endurance running around, and you're not going to be able to stop any of this, folks. It's not. I, I don't tell you. Um, the, the only real answer is going to be Sisters of Silence because, you know, they have the thing where they shut off blessings or make it harder if you're within six inches. But I don't know about you, but I don't, like, when I build a Salamander army, I'm not going to want to put fucking Sisters of Battle in every goddamn army I play. Just not. Like, I don't even... Not that I have anything against sisters, it's just I'm not interested in them. That's not something I want to build and paint and play with. So I'm just, I guess, just fuck. You run into Thousand Suns, you're done. Like, I don't I don't know what you're supposed to do to stop it. I really don't. I just, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Like, there's just so many things. For this to come out and be out for 20 minutes, and for the people that I hold in confidence that actually analyze the game and know a lot of shit about rules every single one of them were pointing out things that are on their on their own would be pretty devastating and you're talking like all of these things happening all at once yeah this is like when matt ward used to do books for 40k and you'd be like oh fuck here's the next matt ward codex that's what book this that's what this inferno book is i don't think any of it is really in line with what's come out in the past. Everything I've seen is pretty out of control. Except for the sisters. The sisters aren't out of control. 
why well, like I haven't seen I'm saying what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, help me out here. You have to talk some too. I mean, we talked about this before the show. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I mean, we, we looked at different things. Like we looked at the D dreadnought. I think uh, there's a lot of. I mean, th- there's a lot of stuff that can counter some of the custodes things because they're not assaulting and like you know they basically got got to get an assault into uh, to make them pretty viable. Well, their so, tank, their tanks are like we've talked about the stupid tank before. How it's like they raised they just raised the points on the Sakaran. Because apparently it was fucking cheesy. Forge World just jacked the points up on that and then made a grav version that's three times as good for like the same fucking points that the it I uh, I just don't I really don't understand. I really can't wrap my brain around. They must not play test at all. Or just must not give a fuck. They must throw darts at the dartboard for points values, or just all get fucking pissed drunk and just think that people don't care or don't think about this, but everybody I know thinks about this shit. They, they either don't know their target audience, don't care what their target audience thinks, or just horrendously bad at their job. I mean, cause if you're a thousand sons player right now, I've told Michael this last night. If I go to an event and I see you carrying around thousand sons, like you got, you're wearing the fucking mark of shame by playing those guys. I'm sorry. Like I, it's just how I look at it. Like I'm gonna look at you like I look at people that have Eldar or Tau in 40k. Like if I don't know you, I don't know the reason you're playing them. Maybe you've always played them. Maybe you just like them. Maybe they're your favorite legion. I don't know, but it doesn't mean I'm not like I can't help it. My brain thinks a certain way. I'm gonna jump to the conclusion that not not sure about this guy. Don't think I want to play him. It's just <laughs> how it is. What if it's a Thousand Suns armored breakthrough army? <laughs> Would you be okay then? <laughs> I don't know. I, you get what I'm saying, though? Like, it's going to be bad for them, too. Like, I know people that play Eldar in 40k that aren't that way, but they can't even get games. Nobody even wants to play them. They don't even give them a chance. They're just like, oh, you have Eldar? That's cool. I don't want to play. We're good. They don't even give them a chance. I mean, who wants to sit around for a whole phase of the game with your four fucking dice, and they have 30 fucking dice, and they put invisibility, endurance, here's my fucking Brotherhood of Psychers, all with precog and fucking iron arm. Like, it's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Like, what are you thinking? I don't know, man. And and Magnus definitely changes the whole... Cause oh, Magnus have... on his own. Like, I didn't even get into that. Magnus is dumb. Like, if he was a magic card, he would be banned. He's <laughs> like one of those things, like, I don't know how you don't see this fucking thing coming from a mile away. The fact that he's a level five means that he's going to, like, so if he takes telepathy, for example, he's automatically going to hit invisibility or shrouded or both. You can't, the map, because he gets five of the six. You're getting, you're getting one of the cheesy powers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I hear you. I don't know, man. It's fucking bad. I know that. It's really bad. Okay. The Oscar one. I guess I'm done. <laughs> it's fucking bad. We can break it down more. I mean, I don't see how this is anything but bad for the game. People are really going to have to put their... Like I was telling you... 
the 30k community really is going to have to put their money where their mouth is on, oh, we're not like 40k, people won't take that cheesy shit. And that's when I was telling you, they say that now, but by the end of the year, when you go to an event, one-third of the armies will be one of these things. Because they will be. We'll see. We'll see. We, uh... The guys in San Antonio are actually playing a list with that right now. They... One of the TOs in San Antonio allowed the new Thousand Sons rules. He okayed it. <laughs> so they're they're playing against it right now. So we will see at the end of the day how that went. I just don't know how if you're if you really honestly don't think that this is out of line, I can't even I have no words. I just I really don't. I don't know how you justify that. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Uh, as of right now, 143 people took the survey. 47 people will be playing starting a Thousand Sons Army. 96 will not. But it is so now 32%. We'll see. So, I don't know. Get prepared for that. There's going to be a lot of uh, duck dodging and weaving. I guarantee you that. When So if you're a general at an upcoming event and you're going to have to choose matchups, you're going to have a lot of people saying, I don't want to play against that. <laughs> we'll see. So do like I'm doing. Whether you drink or not, get you some beers like I have right now. Okay. Well, there's that. The models look great. I haven't seen a model I don't like. I even like that big old Sisters of Silence ship. Yeah, it looks it's weird looking, but it looks cool. I like the Leviathan Custodes. Custodes Leviathan. Big old bastard. They call it a heavy dreadnought. I don't like the Thousand Sun stuff. We talked about that. The models. Yeah. Like the big headdresses. I'm just not a fan of that. I think it looks pretty cartoony. So... Oh, we got to talk about the 40K Primark thing. That's oh, the other yeah. Thing. Yeah. Let's touch base on that. Let's touch base on Bobby G. So this is my thoughts in general on 40K right now and them doing the end times and with Gilliman and all that. I was trying to, like, this, I can sum it up really quickly and we're going to send you, we're going to post some video links so you guys, like, I don't even have to talk about it. If you've seen the, like, so think of old 40K and 30K before this book, because this this book is bleeding into 40K territory. I think we're already well on that road based off this book. Uh, old 40K and 30K, to me, are like, to equate it to something, they're like the original Indiana Jones trilogy. That's how I view it. Like I view it with fondness in my childhood. I love these movies. They're classic movies. There's something that almost everybody likes. There's parts that people can point out. Oh, I like this. I like that. So they're like the classics. Current 40K, the stuff that they're doing with the models and the fluff and this end time shit and like this new Gilliman model, to me, is Crystal Skull. It's like the fourth Indiana Jones Crystal <laughs> Skull. That's how I look at it. So to sum it all up, we're going to we're going to post a link to there's a, a quick YouTube video that goes through all the stupid shit in Crystal Skull. It's like 13 minutes long. So if you don't want to watch the whole movie, I don't blame you. All you need to do is watch this 13 minute clip 
it pretty much highlights everything that I'm talking about. And you can read into that why, like, it's very much how I feel about 40K right now. Just move it over. It's easy to extrapolate. So watch that clip. Then South Park did an episode called The China Problem, which I believe is episode 175. We looked it up. Yeah, 12-8, season 12. 12, episode 8, or episode 175 called The China Problem. Watch that episode. Pretend that I'm Stan. I'm Stan. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull is new 40K and 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 just Games Workshop in general and what they do with their products and what they've done with this current Inferno book. And George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are the Games Workshop design team. That sums up my thoughts on it. Just watch those two things. I don't have to talk about it anymore. Then you know my thought process. When I think about Games Workshop and what they do with rules, things like that, that'll sum it up. <laughs> and so we will know for sure whenever we get the books in the retro or our inferno book in for sure yeah we'll, we'll, we'll break it down we'll but, break it down i mean i can, i give you a break breakdown now like if, if you just are into winning games play thousand sons and if you lose i don't i, I, don't, I don't have to tell you <laughs> All right. Well, there's that. And I will post these two. I'm going to actually post a, got them both. One, the episode for South Park, unfortunately, is not on the uh, Comedy Central website anymore. So you will have to have Hulu for the link I'm going to post up. But I think most people do. Anyway, so that's that, man. Made it. 30 minutes. I'm so depressed right now. Well, maybe these voicemails will cheer you up. Yeah, that's my favorite segment. <laughs> you said it all pouty. Yeah, I love voicemails. <laughs> this fucking book, man. It's got me down. I told you, it's fucking... Uh, I, we, we've already went our 30 minutes. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I can't... I couldn't go to a games day. I'd punch somebody. I would have gotten that book and it would have been ugly. I'd have been arrested. They'd have fucking had those English cops and those goofy fucking hats and nightsticks escort me out. <laughs> okay. So, voicemails. Bam. Number one. Let's knock out some voicemails, people. I went out there to fucking shit and sit on this fucking fiberglass crate. Whoa. It's me again talking about shit. So I went out there to fucking shit and sit on this fucking fiberglass crate. And, you know, there's maybe like one foot of space between the, the two Hold on, this that... He kind of jumped into another story, so I'm guessing maybe there's multiple from this number. There's three from this number. It sounds like Giancarlo. Yeah, hold on. Let me see if this is the first one. Hey, it's John from El Paso. Yeah. I just want to continue the shit stories from the military. I've got a couple of them uh, that uh, I didn't explain last time because I was in a hurry. And I just got done listening to the aircraft one. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> OIF one, my first uh, you know, major deployment. 
we had just got uh, up to Missoula. Uh, we'd been there for about a month and a half. And so the, the airfield that we had just uh, taken over, there were no facilities. So we had to do everything. I know that Michael had asked, like, how do you fucking shit out in the, uh, you know, out in the field or whatever? What we do is we, we dig a slit trench or a cat hole. It's basically like a foot wide, maybe four feet long, about two feet deep. And so you just fucking straddled it and you fucking shit in the fucking cat hole. And the dirt that you've taken out of it, you just toss that in there to cover up your crap. So we had, uh, my, my entire company had taken this one, uh, uh, airplane hangar, and so we built our little fucking cat hole, our little slit trench out in the back. But there was an MP unit, not MP, MI unit, a military intelligence unit that was set up behind us that consisted of like uh, three females and their mother. Um, and, uh, well, basically three female soldiers and an older female soldier, uh, their NCO, their, their, their little supervisor. And so there was one time I got the shits real bad, and I run out there. And I'm fucking straddling over the fucking cat hole and just the worst shit is coming out of my ass. Just fucking like the worst noises. And so I'm sitting there and like, I totally forgot that they were set up back there to have like a little antenna array that they were working on. And at this moment, they were actually on top of a bunker. And so I'm sitting there fucking straddling, just shitting my brains out. <laughs> I hear a little female voice go, oh, well, that's an interesting sight. And I look up and they're up there fucking laughing at me while I'm fucking shitting myself. It was uh, it was kind of weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> After that, dude started to go back there to shit in front of them, just so they could fucking pull their balls out or whatever. Because you know how guys are, like everybody's like Trump, really. But uh, <laughs> so we ended up having to build something so that the females couldn't see us. We went around the airfield, found things that we could use. We ended up using this gigantic like fiberglass crate, and we cut some holes in, and we went into our. Uh, uh, we've got this little kit, uh, like a, it's like a field sanitation kit. And so we've got certain things in there that we keep. Like a, one of the things that we kept was toilet seats. So we just pulled them onto this fucking giant wood uh, fiberglass crate. And then we found some metal drums that we can throw inside. And that's what we would ch- And then we used some of our ponchos as a cover. And there was another incident where I had to go out there and shit real bad. And I'm sitting on, like, because we put two uh, two toilets next to each other. Okay. I see. I see where this is going. <laughs> uh, you need to. Giancarlo needs to just uh, do the little thing like Scott does, where he just does all this whole story like on his on the voice recorder thing on his phone, and, and then just text it to you. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, email it or text it. That way, it doesn't break it up. He's got, that would work better. If you got long stories, just uh, record it on your phone and then send it to us through uh, through email. That way, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's me again talking about shit. So I went out there to fucking shit and sit on this fucking fiberglass crate. And, you know, there's maybe like one foot of space between the, the two toilet seats that we had fucking cut into, these, uh, into that fucking giant uh, ammo crate that we had found. So I go out there, I drop trout, and I'm fucking sitting on there, oh, and I'm just letting go. And then I looked over because I knew that there was somebody sitting next to me, like shitting. I just didn't. I was too concerned with just making sure that I got out there. And I look over, and like, like right next to me is one of the girls taking a dump. <laughs> and we're like, oh shit, I'm sorry, my bad. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. 
perfectly acceptable. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfectly God. Acceptable. Jesus Christ. I have so many fucking shit stories, I don't even know what to get. <laughs> it's good to hear other people, and uh, it brings back some other memories and shit of some of the stuff that I've been through. Oh, anyway, so hope you guys are uh, doing good. I'll talk to you later. Bye. It's like it's like people come together, talk about Willow, and then talk about shitting Shit. in the military. Oh, it's so good. Our Fuck. our voicemails okay. really took a turn. Like they were so. Uh... I love it. I love it. Hey, it's John from El Paso. I just want to continue the shit stories from the military. Like I got a couple of them. Uh, Hold on one second. Because there's three, so I guess that one came through twice. That's what happened last week. So, yeah, so that one must have came in twice. Make sure Holy I... shit, it's so funny. Let's see if this is the same thing. Hey, Imagine John just... From El Paso. Yeah, okay, so it came through twice. Imagine just, like, sitting on the toilet with the chick and you're, she's like next to you and you're both taking shit and you're just like holding hands or whatever. Like that being you know, like your first date or some shit. Like, yeah, that's just so good. you meet each other that way. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking funny, man. I cannot uh, imagine so... meeting, meeting your love. Okay. Here's another one. Hey guys, totally not Magnus here. I'm just working for PETA and I just uh, wanted to let you guys know that we should definitely outlaw these wolf pelts and stuff, you know, because uh, fur is murder, you know, and these, these wolves are just, they're just furry little friends and we, we, we should definitely outlaw them, okay? Okay, you guys have a good night. Bye, PETA, fur is murder. <laughs> fur is murder. <laughs> so here's the thing on that. So, space wolf wolves are just Astartes that have the gene that have mutated into wolves. So, PETA doesn't give a fuck about people. So, I don't think PETA really understands the fluff very well because the wolf skin pelts are really just human skin pelts. So, there's I'm, really no real fur. I'm very confident that PETA doesn't know the fluff very well. <laughs> like no, I know. I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like, So, it's not even really fur. I kind of wonder, like, how how are PETA, how is PETA's relations with, like, Native American culture? Like, I don't know. It depends. Uh, people on the extreme left like that seem to have a victim, a victimhood hierarchy. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't think, I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> but they, like, they rank things. Like these are like you got women and then gay people, then Muslims, then whatever. Like there's like a victim, a victimhood pyramid. So it depends on whether you're below or above, whether they care about you or not. I got a, I got a, because uh, I, I donate to uh, some animal thing. I don't know. I saw it on TV. It was like if you donate ten dollars a month, you can save, you know, these many animals and all this stuff. And so, like, you know, it takes out my credit card every month. I do a whole bunch of stuff that, like, takes out my credit card every month just so, like, I can keep my karma pretty pretty healthy. But anyway, so I donate to this, like, animal thing, and I guess, like, PETA got my address somehow, so they sent me a, uh, a postcard one time. And, like, it, it looked like a really nice postcard. Like, it was, like, super, like, it, it looked like somebody hand-wrote me a postcard, like, hand-wrote me a card. And so I opened the envelope, 
and I pull it out, and it's a cat having its brain, uh, like it's alive, having its brain like a tested on. It was for like against okay. animal testing. It was just like a straight up picture of a cat with like its brain open. I was like, oh, I was like, thank you. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did not need to see that. Like, I, uh, it, it's horrible. Like, like it was, it was basically like one of those like shock things. It's like, yeah, now that you've seen it, you can't ignore it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. I, there's a restaurant here that serves great burgers and it's in the middle of a fucking, it's a big dairy farm. Uh-huh. So you look right out the window and there's just a bunch of cows staring in the window at you. And I fucking eat cheeseburgers while I'm staring right into their eye. And I <laughs> fucking sleep like a baby at night. <laughs> One day. I, cow. I, I joked and act the way, asked the waitress if she knew, knew what the, like, do you name your cows? Which one am I eating? Is this Fred? Did you name this one? Like, <laughs> I was joking. Out the window, people, that those are dairy cows. They're, you don't fucking eat a dairy cow, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah, I don't I care. I'm not that cold-hearted, but... <laughs> it's a food animal. No, I am. Like, it's fucking food. Like, when you live in, in a more rural culture, and you are around a lot of people that depend on that for fucking food. Like a lot of people hunt because they're poor. And that's literally like around here, there's people that get a lot of their meat through hunting. Like they buy a fucking cheap white, you know, white tailed deer license and go out and shoot their bag limit of deer a year, which is two or three deer. And then they get to eat. And that's how they, yeah. And that's, (laughs) yeah, that's how they feed their fucking family. So it is what it is. Like life eats life. That's how the fucking world works. Just saying. Furs murder. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, if you, I don't, you know, if somebody wants to be, if somebody wants to be a vegetarian, I, I honestly, I don't have a problem with it. Like if, if you have the money resources to do that and that's what you want to do, that's fine. But don't be, I just don't like when other people push that shit on other people. You know what I mean? What's it called? The six foot circle? Three foot circle. Three foot circle. Yeah. Three foot circle. Stay in your three foot circle. That's Scott. Yeah. That's Scott's favorite thing. That's a, I saw, I heard that on Joe Rogan the other day. Yeah. It's kind of like the stay in your lane thing that we say. Yeah. I joke, I can't help it. I can't stay in my lane. I was joking with Tim the other day that I stay in my lane like the fucking bad guy from Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm being hypocritical there because, well, I don't try to push my views on anybody else, but I do say crazy shit like I'm saying now. I should probably stay away from this. We're kind of getting a little political, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I think PETA got like so much backlash over like trying yeah, to attack and the I, plastic. Like, I have one of my close friends is a vegetarian and he's cool as fuck and, and we're fine. Like, you know what I mean? And I get why he's that way and he gets why I'm that way. We get along. We still fucking hang out. We eat together all the time. Every time I go there, we just go eat lunch together or whatever. He gets his vegetarian shit. I get a fucking cheeseburger. We sit, we talk. It is what it is. You know what I mean? He lives his lifestyle. I live mine. It's all cool. Everybody can get along. It's pretty easy to get along if you try. <laughs> I dig it. Even Magnus can get along with Russ if they just tried. Yeah, they have... can fucking have each other. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Peter again. I just want to make sure you guys know this is totally not Magnus. But that Magnus guy, he's pretty fucking cool, all right? He's red, he's only got one eye, and he's, like, really cool. But those wolves, fuck the wolves. They're dumb, and they don't know how to read. And, and yeah, screw the wolves. It's not cool what they did to that cool Magnus guy. 
So yes, so definitely not Magnus, definitely PETA calling in and saying fur is murder. Okay. Hey guys, this is Jeff Crawley from Michigan. Just called to hey let Jeff. you know I really liked your last episode. Up until the last five minutes, that is. Michael, what kind of self-respecting pickup driving lightweight from Texas doesn't know ACDC. I do. Man, it's not Metallica. Ryan, you got to get them corrected. Anyway, love the episodes. Catch you next time. <laughs> Dude, okay. Okay. Let me let, let y'all know. I'm very aware of who ACDC I knew that was ACDC. I don't know why the fuck I said Metallica at the end of the episode. And like, as I was editing it, I was like, okay, let me break this music down. Because I hadn't listened to the music completely. I was like, okay, let me pull this music. I didn't I, listen at all, so I didn't know to correct him. But <laughs> I know the fucking difference between ACDC and Metallica, and I would have corrected him, but I didn't know. Sorry, Jeff. And so as soon as I put it on there, I was like, oh, this is fucking ACDC. Like, just listening to the opening, I was like, fuck me. I was like, I'm going to get some shit for that. And I have. It's coming. I'm sorry on, on for everybody. I do know the difference between Metallica and ACDC. I just, I, I, I slipped. It was like Apparently not. Actions speak louder than words, bro. <laughs> it was a Freudian slip. I was thinking about Metallica because I just listened to it. <laughs> I'll play it. I don't know. I did know it was ACDC, though. I felt like shit as soon as I said it. Like, as soon as I was editing, I was like, motherfuck. By the way, Jeff, he runs the uh, Michigan GT and most of the Michigan events up there. So the Michigan GT, I went last year. It was a fucking blast. So if you get a chance, go this coming year. It'll be a good time. I'll probably be up there playing. You can hang out with me, Jeff, all the cool Michigan guys and all my game club guys. So get on the uh, Michigan Horace Heresy Facebook page and check those guys out. They put up a lot of good content. Super cool guys, man. Morning, boys. This is Stefan from Colorado. Just calling to say hi. Listen to episodes 38 and the start of 39. Uh, feeling Ryan's pain on the painting front. Uh, I'm staring down a storm eagle for Adepticon that I have that is, I have yet to even begin assembling. And I've got to spend this weekend, next week in Los Angeles for work. So that's chewing a lot out of the schedule. After 38, I uh, was thinking of sending Ryan a list of everything he hates just to listen to the resulting tirade. But after the start of 39 and how frazzled he is right now, I figured maybe it's best not to get Ryan to blow an actual gasket. Anyway, uh, still enjoying the show. You guys keep it up. And, uh, yeah, I really like the idea of having that library of lists. All right, guys, keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Well, it's too late. Forge World already fucking blew my gasket with their <laughs> book release. Um, <laughs> I was telling Michael before the show that my wife never does this because I'm a pretty self-reliant, uh, resilient person. And she knew I was so fucking upset last night with it because I was ranting and raving that I got two text messages checking on me this morning from okay. her. <laughs> like, are you okay? Do you feel better? And I have to tell myself it's just little fucking plastic men. I shouldn't get so worked up. And I shouldn't, but I do. I can't help it. What happened on 38 and 39 that had you 
just everybody sending lists in, I think, where it was like list after list after list. While I'm trying oh, okay. To okay. Okay. Frazzled. Okay. Oh, speaking of the, uh, the RFI list.com, we actually set that up. And if you want to write lists, send us an email. Like if you want to transcribe the list from our podcast over to Battlescribe or whatever, and then post it onto the website, we'll make you an author of the website and we'll get you logins and all that stuff. Basically, it's just through Blogger. We have it through Blogspot. So we'll just make you an author on Blogspot so you can submit anything on there and make make changes and all that. Like we, I think right. We, and and if you, I mean, any help is good. So if you just honestly, if you just want to put the list up, like the list and the list name, I can go in and add like what the fluff was and why I did what I like. You don't have to do all that. The one guy that emailed me, mm-hmm. um, he's emailed me two lists now where he like went way above and beyond like more than he needed to do and i thank him like it's just like that's too much like we don't need all that information but it is fucking cool and for a thank you i actually want to send him something maybe we can put something together for him to do that i mean to sit and do that and transcribe all that stuff that's a lot of work i'll send him a copy of willow that's just it's just overkill. We don't need all that. Like we, we don't need the original list or whatever. Like I just want to put the, the, the final list, the final list that I wrote up and then what the idea behind that list was like, people don't need to know these are the models that he had to choose from. Like that's just too much. Like I just want people to be able to go and just have a cool, like if they have an Imperial fist list that has lots of artillery, they can scroll down through there and you know, go off the names of the list and like what they're about, and see if they can find something close to just use. They don't really need to know all the background and all that. Well, I, I, I I'm tagging everything, and I've only done two lists so far, but I'm tagging everything with the point cost, the uh, legion, and the uh, the right of war that was taken for it. So like you can you, look through those tags. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saving the ones that I did whenever this list thing came out like the whenever that was like three episodes ago or two episodes ago i've been saving all my lists in the phone since then so ever since like all these later episodes since the list ideas come out nobody has to do those i already have them done on my on my phone so all those are saved so i just need the earlier ones done i haven't i just i'm gonna post all of it and do all this when we get through stiff so people just be patient with me till then i just don't have time to fiddle fart around with all that right now, but I'm saving all these lists. So they will be put up. Um, so even all the ones that we're doing today, the ones that we did last week. And I think the week before all of those are still on my phone and I'll put them up. Yeah. And the ones List. we went over last week, I normally email them out to the people. Like we went over them on the show, but I still normally email them a, a copy. I, I forgot to do that this week. So um, I'll email them out with, the ones from this week. So if I didn't email you a copy of the list that I wrote you, I'm sorry. I'll, uh, I'll get on that. I just been busy. We had, a just different shit. Like I just been busy. Like we had that emergency vet thing with my dog that I told Michael about. So that's a funny story we can tell real quick. So my dog, I don't know how she did it. We're out. We live, like I said, out in the country. We had a big windstorm and it blew down a bunch of trees. So there's like a bunch of trees. Like my side yard is bare, and then there's a tree line. Michael's seen it, and there's a tree line, and a bunch of trees fell out of the tree line into the yard, like laying down. 
we went outside and there was a white-tailed deer in the yard. And she chased after this deer and she runs off into the darkness and she's barking. Then all of a sudden she gets real quiet. So after she gets quiet, she comes like back where I can see her because it's dark. And she comes back and she's like walking like something scared her. So I figured she caught up to the deer and it turned on her or, you know, something happened, scared her or whatever. I didn't know. But she was moving like she was fine. She was just acting kind of scared. So she goes up and sits on the porch like she wants to go in. And I'm still I have the other dog on the leash because she's a maniac and I can't let her off a leash because she'll run off and not come back. So I the other dog goes to the bathroom and gets done. And I go up on the porch and I don't notice anything because it's dark outside. And I come inside and the other dog that's not on the leash immediately runs into the bedroom where my wife sat watching TV. And I let the little dog off the leash and she runs down to the basement. And she likes to play. I have this laser pointer that I'll shine, and she likes to chase the dot. So whenever I let her in, she knows that that's like I get to play. So she run down there, and I went down there and started playing with her. I'm down there for like, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and I hear my wife start yelling from upstairs. What's wrong with Lucy's eye, our other dog? And I come upstairs, and between both of her eyes and the tip of her nose is all like scraped up and gouged, like big chunks of her fur's gone. And her eye is almost totally swollen closed. And the pupils totally dilated down and you can see like the actual like clear covering that's on your eye is like peeled back and opened uh. up. I, her eye is like totally fucked. And what had happened is in the dark, she had ran and not, not being able to see ran in the darkness and was so into this deer, not paying attention and ran right into the end of a broke off branch, like a stick and it hit her square in the eye. So she basically ran at full speed into a stick right in the fucking eye. So this was like at 1230 at night. So we're frantically calling around to vets. We finally, there's this one vet clinic that's all the way up on Emerson Avenue, which is like almost an hour drive away. That's open 24 hours. So I had to take her up there. And I was up till like four in the morning up there and then come in here and had to go to work. So it had my sleep schedule all messed up. Then the dog has the, you know, the cone and all this medicine and just it was it was a pain in the ass there for like a whole week dealing with that extra burden of you know that so that kind of ate into doing lists and stuff too but she's fine now her eyes fine it healed up it looks pretty normal she didn't lose it or anything <laughs> so everything's good now i'm glad your dog's doing good i thought that, I thought that story was going to turn bad no, she's fine. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, it's uh, AJ from Victoria calling. I just listened to the last episode and hearing you guys talk about, uh, you know, wanting an airbrush course coming to America. Well, there is one. Uh, this place called CK Studios. You can look it up on Facebook. They're doing a whole bunch of events. Uh, two-day event this summer um, and spring, I believe. Uh, anyway, I think they're from, like, Houston. They're hitting up D.C., New York, uh, hopefully Vancouver, fingers crossed on that one for me, uh, or Seattle. So, anyway, check it out. Uh, hope you guys can make it to one of those. Peace. Heck yeah, AJ. So the good news about that is they are coming to Dallas, Texas, on the 18th of February. Uh, I know I saw they had two spots open. 
Um, I have to get like verification that I can go. I was going to try and take one of the other TFL guys with me, but I think they're all tied up. Uh, it's a six hour drive for me, but I think I'm just going to bite the bullet. It's a, since it's a two day course, it's like one of those, like I have to leave on Friday, stay in Dallas on on Friday night to Saturday. Like I'd get off of work. I'd get into Dallas like at one in the morning, get some sleep, go to the course, and then as long as the course ends at a decent time on Sunday, I can drive back to Victoria. And it's like a six-hour drive back. So it's like it's one of those things. Like if it was just Saturday, I would go like not without a problem. But the fact that it's on a Sunday too means I got to ask off of work for the twentieth, and then like I'm also asking off of work next month, like a full week. So it's like one of those like weird kind of things. So, but I appreciate you calling. Like you're actually like the fourth person to you're the only one that actually called in i believe but uh to, to let me know that that course is going on so i'm definitely trying to get it to happen like i'm pulling a lot of strings to try and make it happen to where i can go to this course so so yeah i'm pretty excited about that it's that ck studios man i saw all their stuff and they and oddly enough they're painting up a contemptor so uh take my take the new legs and uh, go paint me up a cool, so a couple cool courses. So we'll see. That'd be badass. Are they going to be anywhere near Indiana, like Chicago or anything like that? I didn't look at their tours. I'll have to I look at it. If they're anywhere close to me, I'll go too. My my wife would actually like to do it too because she uses air. We've talked about that before, where she uses an airbrush in her business. Hey guys, just calling or so. I heard Ryan got his passport. I figured uh, I'd tell a funny story or so about uh, when I went with my in-laws to uh, Guatemala for the first and second time. So uh, we were traveling around or so. We're picking up all this uh, stuff to bring back to the United States. Uh, fireworks, coffee, a couple machetes and all that fun stuff. And um, we... Uh, we're on our way to the airport and they start unpacking my bag. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they said, uh, well, we got to move all your uh, stuff to your wife's bag. And we're going to put all this stuff, all the contraband in your bag. Why is that? I asked. They said, they won't get searched. Why won't my bag get searched? Because your wife. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, we go to the airport, go through Guaman security, and uh, all their bags get searched. Mine gets passed right along. <laughs> uh, we do a six-hour flight back to the good old U.S. of A. and decide uh, we have to go into the non-U.S. citizen line. So we spend about three hours in the non-U.S. citizen line, and uh, they start moving my family out of another line into, I don't know, another search line. Uh, my wife's bag gets searched again. My sister-in-law's bag gets searched again. All that fun stuff. They see me. They say, sir, is this your bag? Yep. All right, you can take it. You can go over to the United States line. Oh, okay. I go over there. They pass me right through customs, and I'm waiting for the next two hours on the other side of the U.S. border. So, uh, <laughs> fun stuff with the TSA. 
Uh, I snuck through uh, about four machetes and about uh, 15 <laughs> pounds worth of fireworks and some other stuff through. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Ryan, when you uh, come back through the country or so, uh, don't don't worry. Uh, you won't get searched. So, uh, <laughs> keep up the great work, guys. And, Ryan, I promise I'll stay in my fucking lane next time. <laughs> That's Andrew. He's a game club member. First of all, don't take his advice. Don't take anything bad on a plane. I don't want this shit. Like, <laughs> Check your privilege at the do- door, bro. Check your yeah, privilege. De- definitely, <laughs> definitely don't take that advice. <laughs> he got away with it. Good for him. Uh, I will not. I will not. Well, for one, you've seen my passport photo. So there's no way I'm sneaking anything on a plane. No, but, um, fuck no. What he's talking about is he drives, he works for a construction company. So he had the big, giant, like super heavy uh, construction company truck. And we've had all this rain and crappy weather here recently. And when he went to go get out of my driveway, there was cars in the way. So he kind of had to drive a little bit in my yard. And it literally sunk like nine inches. And I have like a rut in my yard about that deep. (laughs) It's like all the way up my side of my yard. I was like, what the fuck? I like lost my mind on our club Facebook page. I took a picture. I'm like, which of you... (laughs) <laughs> and it was him and he apologized so well, that's why i said he'll definitely stay in his lane <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this truck sunk because he had all those fucking fireworks in the back of it i'm sure all <laughs> 15 pounds of fireworks <laughs> yeah also come on andrew why like we all know we're hillbillies we live in the middle of indiana we're rural we drive trucks and shit do you really need a bag full of fireworks and machetes like that's just like typical like people right now like Stefan in Colorado right now is rolling his eyes and he's going of course those guys have machetes and fireworks and they're sneaking it to TSA <laughs> do we Dude, really have real, I was thinking like what what I was trying to think like how good is a Guatemalan machete that you risk like TSA butt checks <laughs> like, we had some girl from Chicago that we're kind of friends with sort of and she was ranting and raving about how everybody in Indiana is a fucking hillbilly that owns a shotgun and me mm-hmm. and like me and my wife had just been shooting a bunch of shotgun stuff. And we just kind of like, like looked at each other. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Got us there. <laughs> don't, uh, <laughs> don't check my truck bed because there's definitely shell casings in there. Like, <laughs> so silly. Well, shotgun ain't gonna shoot itself. <laughs> oh, did you see? I do have to bring this up. Tim from I Have Horse was talking with Jake. Uh, Busey. Bussy. Busey. I'm telling you, it's Bussy. I'm telling you. you. sure? You just he wait. corrected me. He told me Busey. I heard it straight from Jay. We'll see. We'll see. This is my serious face. Anyway, um, him and Tim were talking, and Jake's like, you need to go to a Gander Mountain, Tim, because, you know, they don't have anything like that in Australia. Uh, so... He's like, well, what is Gander Mountain? And Jake's like explaining it. And he goes, well, it sounds like that's like a Walmart for rednecks. And Jake's like, no, 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 no. Walmart is Walmart for rednecks. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. They have Walmart in uh, in Australia, right? That that happened. They have that. Uh, probably. I don't know. What are you asking me? We'll probably find out. Call in Tim. Yeah. Where's his... He didn't call in and give us a Willow story this week. He's slipping. Well, I don't know. I haven't listened to all of them. We didn't get any Australian. And why is Tim the only one that calls us from Australia? 
if you're a listener from Australia and you also listen to this show, or New Zealand, we'll take New Zealand too, right? We'll take anybody. Same thing, right? <laughs> I bet they call because of uh, long distance. I bet they don't call because is there long distance charges? Uh, yeah, it's just like calling a normal number in the United States. So, well, let's put it out there because we talked about it earlier. People can record a message on their phone and email it if they don't want to pay like service fees. We'll play it that yeah. way too. Yeah, so if save you have a long story, uh, some money. Yeah, if you if you if you're calling from overseas and want to save money or just have a long story or whatever, just record it in in you know like on your phone or whatever and email it to us. We'll still play it. Same thing. Fuck yeah. I'm always down for that. All right. They're still I'm going. Swe- hey sweating guys, my it's Connor from over in Colorado. Just calling to let you guys know about the awesome impending event on the 11th, 12th, and 13th of August, which is the Clash of the Titans, round dos. Anyway, uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. We need a ton of people to get on, in on this. It's the first three-day event I've heard of in America. Maybe I'm just ill-informed, but I think it's groundbreaking. And we went there, uh, me and my friends went up there recently for their sweet, their winter weekender, and it was fucking amazing. So if we can get a ton of people to come along and just... Uh, just descend on this thing in force and turn it into an amazing, like, super populous event. That'd be awesome. Uh, there's more details on their website. And I sent you guys an email because I don't fuck around when it comes to getting heresy events <laughs> off and uh, repped and shouted out. Anyway, um, thank you guys for doing a great podcast and look forward to hearing more of it. You have a great rest of your day, guys, and stay hard. Clash of the Tetons 2, man. What was the weekend? Winter Weekender? I didn't see that. Clash yeah, of the know. Tetons 2. I could maybe make that one. Um, it's in August, man? It's in yeah, August. Like... I'd have to talk to my wife because um, we've never been to Colorado. That might be a fun vacation. I already got all these other fucking events scheduled. I'm going to burn up most of my vacation between... Stiff Adepticon in Iceland, though, is the problem. But I could talk to my wife, and maybe we could do, like, a little mini vacation, maybe do, like, six days out there. Like, three, I could do the event for three days, and then me and her could do, you know, other stuff for three days or something. I could probably talk her into that. Because we're going to rack up a bunch of miles and points and stuff on our credit card this year where we we can fly for free. Dude, it looks like they had it in a classroom. There's like whiteboard and shit. The Clash of the Tetons one. It looks badass. Hey, hey, what? Black Shield bases are done. Completed. Put the brush down, boy. Now my fucking thumb can maybe recover. Did we talk about that on air, or was that before? No, your your uh, <laughs> your tender tender thumb, your TT. Dude, I've painted so much. My thumb is like. Like I said, it's like anesthetized. Like I can hit it on the desk and I don't feel it. It feels like it's about this big around. It feels like if you wrap a rubber band around something and you just like cut off fucking circulation and it's like super, I have like Muay Thai thumb, like anybody that's into fighting like me, like where they kick each other in the fucking shins and stuff so much where you're just like dead, dead in all your nerves. Yeah. I got the world's like most fucking hardcore like thumb right now. It's fucking weird. It feels weird. I've painted so much. Stab it with a hobby knife, just to be sure. I don't want to bleed everywhere. It's not like <laughs> get extreme here. Fuck. 
Make me Charles Manson, call me Hitler, and try to encourage me to cut myself. What kind of friend you are out. you? <laughs> we'll finish you off. And look at these pictures from the Clash of the Tetons. One man looks like a blast. I'm watching. I see this picture of like Angron and uh, Gilliman fighting each other, and like there's a like ten tactical Marines from both. Oh no, there's like ten tactical World Eaters in the combat with them, and like five Caesarians. So I kind of feel like I know how that fight was gonna go. And I was like one, two, yep. three, four. You five, could Photoshop six, Mag- seven. In the background, doing two D six D hits to all those guys and just killing them casually, <laughs> just murdering them. <laughs> so good. So that's all I got for voicemails. But we got a Joe story we're supposed to read, and then we got two emails we're supposed to read off. Dude, like in fifteen minutes, people are gonna start showing up at your house, right? Yeah, I'll just have to unlock the door and close this door. It'll be good. It'll be fine. Okay. We'll have to pause so, here and go unlock it. You want to do that now? Yeah. We'll pause real okay. quick right before we get into Joe's story. Okay. So on to this Joe's story. So if y'all remember last time we gave you the, I guess the, what would that be called? Like the story, like the story how somebody's made like the origin story of fingers and so uh now we're gonna give you part two of the finger story so let me go ahead and see here the second story is when and this comes from joe by the way if you if you missed our last episode altogether joe is a police officer in northern michigan right and he is basically upwards of Lake Superior. He said that his, you can describe his department as a mix between Reno 911 and uh, Fargo. So, like, uh, so anyway, so this is his second story. So the second story is when I was partners with Fingers on the drug team, we had been sitting surveillance on a house of a drug dealer who had been coming up from Detroit with deliveries of cocaine. Fingers and I were in the woods next to this house for like 14 hours in full camo, just getting eaten alive by mosquitoes in the shitty hot muggy summertime. That fucking blows. At the end of this long-ass day, we were able to get a search warrant to raid the house and seize the drugs. We knew going in that the house had two big-ass pit bulls in it, and we had a plan to, we had to plan accordingly. The raid team going in included myself and Fingers, and it was about seven guys total. We decided as a group that we didn't want to shoot the dogs, and we tried to avoid it as much as possible. Our agreed plan was to include a guy in the raid team carrying a fire extinguisher who would blast the dogs real quick to scare them away. Oh, okay. So normally when we raided a house, my job was to ram the door, fall back, and let the guy with the ballistic shield go in first while I jump back in at the end of the line. But this time... It, by this time, it's like 2 a.m., and everyone's already exhausted from ta- tracking this guy all day. I get up to the door of this little shithole cabin the dealer was renting and cave the door in with a ram. I'm still not exactly sure what happened to this to this day, but as I began to back up and drop the heavy-ass ram, the guy with the shield gets a little too excited and begins to bulldoze his way into the house while I'm still trying to back out. So now I'm stuck in front of this shield as everyone's shoving their way into the house behind him. 
Sure enough, we get about three steps into the front hallway and two bit bulls go berserk and start charging their way down the hallway from the kitchen. It's at this point of the story I should note that Fingers is the one manning the fire extinguisher. So now I'm pinned in between the dogs and the shield and I'm trying to wiggle my way back around the shield as everyone's pushing forward. Finger right on cue lets loose of the fire extinguisher right into the side of my face at point blank range. Thankfully, even though I ate about 90% of the blast of the face, it was jarring enough to scare the dogs back into one of the bedrooms. Anyone who's ever been sprayed with OC before will have a painfully good idea of what a fire extinguisher to the face will do. Anyway, I was pretty much out of it all at that point, stumbled on my back onto back into the yard where I subsequently lost my lunch. Despite a few setbacks, we successfully arrested a dealer with a full delivery of drugs on hand and no dogs got shot. Fuck, dude. Imagine getting blasted in the face of the fire extinguisher. He needs to make a diorama of breacher marines, like a like a fucking block of breacher marines, like r- going down a hallway with like him in the front, like like another marine in the front, like pushing back against the shields that's like painted the same, like, oh my god, let me back through, and they're like pushing him towards Mortarian and his own Mortalis. I love how the point of the shield, like the the shield, is to protect everybody from fire, and they just had and him they on the push- front of it, like they're just like <laughs> <laughs> out of the way, Peck. <laughs> yeah, just, he's probably paying him back for the fingers thing. I would. There's nothing. No, no amount of payment could ever make that okay. Look at your phone real quick. I sent you some picture messages. Oh, I got them. Your your bases. They look great. Make sure these get posted up to the 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 Facebook. The for the record, up. I sent them to Kieran Douglas first. I told him he would be the first to see the bases, so he got the first picks before I sent them to you. So I honored my word. I'm a man of my yeah. word. You are a man of your word. Okay. And so we got two emails we're going to go over before we start jumping into lists. So you had one that you want to go over first, if you want to... Yeah, it was just from Ben uh, Porter. He That list we wrote back a while ago about him wanting to move his 1,000-point Zomortalis list into like a 2,000-point list. Mm-hmm. For one, he sent us a badass YouTube video. Did you watch that video? I watched the one from he, James. No, Ben, pretty sure it was Ben Porter, sent us a video. Go to our Facebook and go to Visitors Posts. Uh-huh. And Ben posted a video. It's a link to a YouTube video that's like 12 minutes long and he w- it's a video of that event that he went to with this list. Oh, and yes, a, I saw that. Yeah. It's a very cool video. So we need to I mean people can go and find it on our visitors post page, but I don't know if you can move use your fucking cyber cyberthurgy to move that over to our main page where it's easier to find. But anyway, that was the list we wrote him with the foot slogging leviathans hey bjorn's at lvo right now wearing a uh the dreadnought shirt (laughs) i just just saw that oh it's funny so he he bumped he basically took that list and bumped it up to 2500 and incorporated some of the ideas from the original list and it the list looks good we're not going to go through it or whatever but I was just letting you know, Ben, that it, it looks good. Like, you did a good job. I don't think you need to change anything. But I did want to point out, which I think me and you have talked about this before, but a long time ago, and it was before 
it was just kind of out of context. It wasn't like we were actually talking about something. So whenever we recorded that episode where I was making fun of foot slugging Leviathans and why it's a bad idea and, you know, said it was like a vegan trying to be a bodybuilder or whatever, Zach Paget, that's part of the Michigan Horse Heresy group, he sent me a message and he actually had a, a pretty decent idea about taking a Dorado with the fucking... Adamantic uh, Peves? Yes. So that those Leviathans involves go up to a three up. It's infantry only. Alive. It is infantry only? It doesn't work on dreadnoughts? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that stops that. I didn't know. I didn't... Because it wasn't anything I was going to do anyway. Because, I mean, even if it did work, you could just kill the Dorado first because it doesn't mm-hmm. give its own self the save. You could just kill it and then move on to the Leviathans. But I thought, well, maybe it would keep them alive a little longer. But if that's uh, the case... Yeah, it got, it got updated in the Red Book. The newest red book. Oh, okay. So it used to be because he sent me a picture and I didn't read that, and me and him were on the same page there. But they must have updated it in a different book. Yeah, yeah. The newest red book has it updated to it. Like the original rules that came out for the automatic pavés, uh, for the Daredeo, uh, it let anything's invulnerable save get bumped up one. Now it's uh, infantry only. Okay. But well, no, yeah, like that. Never mind. Sorry, Zach. Me and him talked about this back and forth for a while, too. Conversation's useless, but anyway. I had fun talking to you anyway, Zach. I like talking to you, so it doesn't matter if it's nonsense. We'll still talk. Um. So anyway, so I had that email. I was just letting Ben know that I did get his list, and it looks fine. I wouldn't wouldn't really change anything. I think it looks good for what he's trying to do. I posted up uh, that video onto our Facebook page as well. So okay. it's on our main cool. main page. It's a really cool video. Does he does like some type of video editing or photography stuff, doesn't he? He has BenPorterPhotography.com, so I'm assuming he does photography. I'm assuming he's like me, kind of like a freelance photographer. And just like you just kind of get video editing with it. This so Barn Barncat. Barncat's hey, in cat. the house. He's mad that I have stuff in his chair. He wants to sit in his chair. He's pawing at it. So I had to move move this stuff. <laughs> Look how big he is! up this whole stupid chair. Yeah, no, your cat's massive. Oh. He... Anyway, he's like a full-grown adult, like a full-grown adult shack. Okay, so that's that email. And the other email we we're gonna go over was James' email, Mister Mister James Dean. He says, "Hi, Michael and Ryan." Just got done listening to 38, 39, and 40 back-to-back. That shit from Max Harris, he joygasms. And had to attach this YouTube video of Jockanese answer to Hillbilly Thunderstruck. First, to, first for your enjoyment. Uh, I have an, well, I want to say interesting, but vile would probably be more accurate story from my time in Afghanistan with the British Army. I'll have to put it in an email of its own so you can enjoy the full horror of it as it's a bit too long for voicemail. I'd need to sell my Alpha Legion and their squads to cover the international charges. Keep up the good work, guys, and do a sterling job. Uh, so we just talked about this. like Just right. record it, and we will play it on the air. Uh, and right. as far as this, uh, this YouTube video, I will go ahead and pull the audio for it, and uh, we'll play this as our ending music. So, thank you, James. Man, love to hear. I, I don't. Obviously, I think we kind of hit the hit the max level of vile on episode forty. Like, I don't think we could get 
any worse than the finger story. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and and our listeners apparently apparently the world is full of fucking freakazoids because our our likes and listens went through the roof here recently. So apparently they like shit like that. <laughs> apparently, I think we need to do more break the glass episodes. I'm I'm ready. I I like I, I okay. So here's the thing. I figured you get somebody that you want to have on the episode, and I'll get somebody who I want to have on the episode, and we'll just like we'll, we'll record exactly like we do now. Okay. And then we'll just we'll just have them in, in both in studio. And I've already I've I want my buddy Steven from the uh, uh, my buddy Steven runs the Cobra Kai Dropouts podcast. Yep. And so I want to bring him on because he's a code enforcement officer. And so, like, he goes into houses that are against code, like, for yeah. trash or, like, you know, like, people living in it that shouldn't be. Like, he's seeing the worst of the worst of, like, what people can do. Well, I want I want to get Scott on one. I want to get Chris Duncan on one. And I want to get my buddy Dave from Britain on one. So I got, I got, a, I got a full cast lined up. Oh, so good. So. So. So we'll, we'll yeah. get that. We'll get that squared away for you guys. We'll get a, another Break the Glass episode. Where we'll just talk about whatever the fuck we want, and uh, hopefully there'll be drinking involved and a good time. Yep. So anyway, Mister Jake B's uh, <laughs> list now. <laughs> Jake B's <laughs> bees, <laughs> not the bees, like Wicker Man. No, not the bees. Dude, I love that GIF of uh, of. Oprah Winfrey, like you ever seen that? Where it's like, uh, they're like, and it's like, it's, everybody's waiting for the surprise, and she goes, and bees, and like, there's like bees and everywhere. It, it, and it's oh, like, okay. everybody's excited because they're getting cars, but it looks like they're like getting attacked by bees, and like, ah. bees. That's actually really funny. <laughs> She's all bees, bees. Anyway. All right. So this list comes from Jake Bussy Busey. Uh, and it, he's from the Covenant of Fire podcast. Go give him a listen. He's got this beautiful Southern draw, beautiful voice, beautiful. I want to get him on here. Yeah, me too. We need to get him. We need guests. We don't have guests very often. We don't, don't have time. <laughs> what do we, oh. we got to squeeze yeah. him in? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like we've stiffed too many very important guests, like, because we just yeah. don't have time for it. Yeah. Yep. It's like sorry, sorry, Gav. We got sorry, too Jay. many. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Actually, important people in the hobby world. We got too many random fucking voicemails and emails to read off. <laughs> <laughs> For real, dude. Sorry, John French. Sorry, Gav. Like, yeah. Just, like we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, like, yeah, anyway. we'll have you on. Nah, we're gonna read emails instead. Fuck that guy. <laughs> dude, for real. Fuck. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Okay, so Jake says, Ryan Monty, got a list for y'all to check out. It's a 2,500-point salamander list utilizing the Covenant of Fire Ride of War. Praetor and Terminator armor. Oh, he just jumps right in. Oh, it's like, oh, okay. He's got a Praetor and Terminator armor. Uh, the Ride of War is obviously coming into fire. Cataphracty Terminator armor. He's got a Dragon Scale, Storm Shield, Thunder Hammer, and the Mantle of the Elder Drake. Okay, we're going to go through each, because I didn't rewrite him a list. I just, because... His list is fine, and because of Covenant of Fire, you really can't fucking change anything because that right of war is so restrictive. Okay, but there's little war, there's just little war gear changes that I want to point out. 
Um, okay. I don't know if he has the ability to change it or even wants to change it, but like on this guy, this is the proper loadout other than the Thunder Hammer. I would 100% switch that to a Chain Fist. All day. It's it's just, it's way better. Like, you can go solo. Like, a Salamander Praetor, uh, if you can come up with the points to put digital lasers on this guy, and it's only five points to Mastercraft something, which is a discount, a pretty good big discount. So I would somehow work out a way to try to get digital lasers and Mastercrafted on this guy and sweep into a Chain Fist. Um, he ends up being six chain fist on the charge, being able to reroll one. Um, at Adepticon last year, uh, that guy did so much work for me. He just killed so much stuff. It's so good against infantry, so good against vehicles. He's extremely durable. You can tank with him. It's it's an awesome character. But I feel like giving him just the thunder hammer basically cuts his versatility in half. Yeah. I, and I, I definitely see that. I, I, I've faced a Thunderhammer Praetor uh, just with my... I mean, my Dreadnought list is kind of, you know, obviously a Chain Fist is not going to be my best friend, but it's really fucking solid. Like, just can opening, transports, and then whatever's inside of them, you know? You can right. take both, so... Right, but I would definitely go... It's the same points to go Chain Fist. I just think the Chain Fist is a better option for that particular character. So there's that. So on the next one, he's got Zyphister. That guy's super, yeah, super powerful for his points. So he's a keeper, keep him in. Yeah, I mean, it is. I don't know what his fluff is. Uh, To me, it's kind of weird. In this list, it's fine, but later, like he says, to go up to three K adds Vulcan. In the current storyline in book six, that doesn't make sense. But it doesn't mean that they don't meet up later. I guess, but. It doesn't, and also I don't know. Maybe he's going to take Xiphus out to add Vulcan in. I'm not sure. Fluff wise, I don't know how he makes that work, but that's just a fluff thing. Gotcha. Uh, next up on the list is a Primus Medicaid and Terminator armor with a Dragon Scale Storm Shield and Power Axe. It's fine. Perfectly fine Keep. loadout. All right. Two 10 man tactical squads, the just in Rhinos. Yep. Tactical. Tactical squads, you got to squad. take. Yeah. And he's got a five-man Fire Drake Terminator squad, Fire Drake Master with Dragon's Tail Swarm Shield, Mastercrafted Thunderhammer. Uh, there's, uh, I guess, all four of them have their Dragon Scale Swarm Shields. There's two Chain Fists in the unit, two Thunderhammers in the unit. Yep. And the Fire Drake Master has a Thunderhammer, Mastercrafted Thunderhammer. I think that so. that's a good lookout because the Drake Master is like, a, ch- a very good challenge character so mm-hmm. i actually the you get the mastercrafted thunder hammer uh for 10 points and just to buy the chain fist is the same and it's not mastercrafted so this is the one case that i'm with jake and i always put i leave the i run my fire drake squads i usually give my entire unit squad wide chain fist but i leave the thunder hammer on the sergeant so i like that load up and Having a few Thunder Hammers mixed in with these, as long as he's got a couple Chain Fists in there, that's a solid loadout. 10-4. They're all mounted in a Spartan Assault Tank with Armored Ceramite. No, Dozer Blade. Yeah, he has it. Armored Ceramite Flare Shield Dozer Blade on the Spartan. says on mine. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. Okay, yeah. Okay, and then he's got five Terminators in Terminator Armor 
with uh, the sergeant has a Kami Melta and a Chain Fist. And the other Terminators, four of them have Kami Meltas, four of them have Chain Fist. They're in a Land Raider Phobos with a Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. Those Terminators are also Cataphracty. That's a strong unit. In this Rite of War, those multi or those Kami Meltas will be twin-linked. Dirty. So then he's got a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought with uh, two carries, Pattern Assault Cannons. Mm-hmm. Kept that Sorry. in. Okay. Then he's got a Whirlwind Scorpius. Also kept that in. Yep. Then a Sakar Inventor Tank Destroyer. And that's it. He said the Praetor, the Jer, Medicaid, Firedrix, going to Spartan. Overall plan is to send both the Spartan Phobos towards the enemy using the Cataphracty to take on enemy armor, and the Drakes are on their Death Star duty. Uh, Venatar is my main long-range anti-armor, and the Scorpius is there for crowd control and rapier duty. I really like the move-through cover you get with uh, coming into fire, and it really helps you start with a Neg 1 to charge anyway. Uh, and the helps you start with a Neg 1 to charge anyway. And the Twin Link Melta helps combis. To go up to 3K, I add Vulcan, then upgrade some guides with digital ages, Meltas, Rhinos, etc. Let me know what you think, and uh, y'all keep up the y'all's awesome shit up. Keep y'all's awesome shit up. Okay. What do you think? What'd you change? Seems like you kind of kept everything the same so far. I mean, if he's going to go Covenant of Fire, there's not a lot you can do. It's so restrictive. It doesn't unlock anything special as troops. You have to take tacticals. And then on top of that, your combined heavy and elites are what is it? You can't have more heavy and fast combined than you have troop choices. And okay. he only has two choices. So you can't add anything heavy or really swap anything. Because I was looking at uh, dropping the Contemptor Cortis, or sorry, the Mortis, for something more ranged anti tank but everything fell into the heavy or fast slot, which you can't do. Right. So. Even like uh, some. Because I was looking at take like getting rid of the Contemptor Mortis and getting a second Venator in the list. Okay. But you can't, you'd have to drop the Scorpus to get it in there. And I like the Scorpus because like he said, it's good at killing rapiers and things like that. So there's just not really a lot you can do if he wants to maintain taking this right of war. You can't take anything that deep strikes because of the right of war. Oh, okay. So that kind of takes out what I was thinking. All right. I was thinking... My problem with this right of war is it just it's got so many drawbacks for very little benefit, in my opinion. And the big thing that it gives you is twin-linked on all the Melta. But because it's got so many drawbacks that forces you to take, you basically are forced into taking a whole bunch of crap that doesn't have access to melta guns, and then when you and then melta guns are already super expensive, that you just can't fit enough in the list to take to get enough of the benefit of getting twin link melta, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's kind of the way they set it up math wise doesn't. It's like okay, well. Like I'm trying to get twin link Melta, but then you're making, you're forcing me into taking all this other crap that doesn't have any of that. Hmm. And then also on top of that, because you can't deep strike. Okay. So you have all this twin link Melta that all has like a Melta range of six inches, but I can't take any drop pods or dread claws or 
teleporting or anything to get me in range to use it. And then in order to get in range to do it, I have to buy like shit like land raiders or whatever, which once again is just a bunch of points that takes away from melt guns. And then when I take stuff like that, it makes me take more troops because I have to offset it. It just doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. This is one of those rights of war that really needs help. It's kind of a mess. So as it is right now, the only thing that you would change is the Praetor over to Chain Fists. Yep. And that's it. It's good to go. Yep. I dig it. So there you go, Jake. Stick I mean, with I the... personally personally wouldn't run this right of war, but I get why he's doing it. He's not going to change it, so <laughs> I might as well talk to this base right here. <laughs> Covenant of Fire, I would too. If there was a Radio Freest fan right of war, I'd take that bitch too. <laughs> okay, so next we're going to go on to uh, Llewellyn. Llewellyn? Llewellyn? It's Llewellyn. Llewellyn? Okay. So this is going to be a head of the Gorgon 2,500-point list. Uh, Llewellyn says, Hey, guys. Greetings once again from rainy England. Uh, thanks for your suggestions for my Terminator chaplain. I found some good bits, and I'm happy that I'll get him looking badass. Uh, I wholeheartedly support the idea of creating an archive of all the lists that you've written for listeners. I've been trawling through old episodes, look for some Iron Hands lists to help me with a project I'm working on, but I haven't found had much joy. Iron Hands don't be seem to be very popular, at least not as popular as Alpha Legion or World Eaters. Yeah, I think what they were like, uh, like less than six percent of players play Iron Hands. It was way down there. Iron they're, they're, they're the, they are the most popular in, in our local game club. They are the most popular Loyalist Legion. We have more Iron Hands players than anything. Dang. Uh, he says, so I'm sorry to say, Ryan, but here is another list review that I shall assist with. Uh, feel free to do whatever you like with this one. There are a couple of other things I'd like to try and utilize. As always, I'm going to for lots of fluff in this list, and this is what I've come up with. I'm happy to change whatever you with whatever you recommend, with a couple of exceptions mentioned later. So it's an Iron Hands head of the Gorgon list. He's taking an Iron Father with Cyber Familiar, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, a Paragon Blade. So your good old fashioned just beat stick, Iron Father. Uh, he's taking a Pravian with Artificer Armor, Bolter, Refractor Field, and Power Fist. Uh, this guy's going to be rocking and rolling with three Vorax attached to the Pravian uh, with Enhanced Targeting Array, Biocros of Ammo. Uh, Welchie McWelcher will enjoy that. Uh, five Gorgon Terminators with uh, two Chain Fist and one Land Raider Phobos. Uh, then he's got two Laser Destroyer Rapier Batteries, two separate ones, each taking up a separate slot. Uh, then he's got two tactical squads, the Artificer Armor, the Sergeant's Artificer Armor and Melt Bombs, and they're both mounted in Rhinos Multi-Melters, Multi-Meltas. Uh, then he's got, in his heavy support slot, he's got two Castleaxe with Darkfire Cannons with Enhanced Targeting Arrays, uh, a Predator Squadron with uh, two Predators with Magna Melta, and Magna Melta Cannon and Pencil Multi-Melta, and one Predator with Heavy Convergent Beamer and Last Cannon Sponsons. Uh, that's about 2250 I'd ideally like the list to be 2500 but I got a bit lost. I know that I should generally avoid Assault with Iron Hands to get the most out of Inviolite... Inviolite... In, 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 in,
Yeah, no, it's not infamous. Anyway, <laughs> go. <laughs> you have me laughing. Moving on. <laughs> but I'd like to include as an iron fire as it's fluffy, but I don't know where to put him. I would also like to keep the Land Raider Phobos in the list somewhere. My general tactic is going to be as follows. Outflank the two Magna Predators, uh, Phobos and Pravian Vorax, to put the pressure on the flanks. Uh, Conversion Beamer Predator will sit back and shoot stub with the glorious Strength 10 AP1 goodness. Castlex and Laser Destroyers are the anti-armor. I've trolled through the black books to look for info on which stuff is fluffy for Iron Hands and Mechanicum Allies. Uh, and convergent beamers and tanks seem to come up a lot. I think the Castlex and Vorax will look really cool alongside the Iron Hands. As always, thanks for reading, guys. My fiance is almost as excited as I am the chance of winning a food basket from you guys. Uh, keep up the great podcast, Llewellyn. Uh P.S. The Black Shield Terminator is looking outstanding. Ryan and Michael, I dig the Phoenix Guard conversions. Nice. Yep. Dig it. So what'd you do for Llewellyn? Llewellyn. Okay. So I, I pretty much kept the basic concept and just kind of upgraded it to the 2.0 version. Then we'll go over the, the changes here. So I swapped up the war gear on his Iron Father and, and made like the mega beat stick Iron Father. So I got an Iron Father with Rite of War Head of the Gorgon because that's what he's running. Um, he's got a Power Fist Paragon Blade, Iron Halo, and Cyber Familiar. So he's going to be a 2-up, 3-up with 5 base attacks, 6 on the charge. Um... And with the cyber familiar, you also get to reroll checks and all that. And you'll have Battlesmith and all that other stuff. So pretty beat stick. But basically, the only thing he's missing is digital lasers. I just ran out of points. Okay. So for the Pravian, I changed his Pravian loadout. So for the Pravian, I went with Artif- Artificer Armor, Power Fist, Volkite Charger, Boarding Shield, Cyber Familiar. So the reason I put a Volkite Charger on him is... Uh, Pravians have a little piece of war gear that they come with for free. It's like a targeter thing that you put on one of their ranged weapons. And if they, when they shoot at something, you shoot them first. And if they hit with their weapon, then the squad that they're attached to gets preferred enemy against what they shot at. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, pop a the bolter at like something. well, you do Volkite charger because it has a 15 inch range right. and you get to shoot twice. So you get two attempts at it. So even on, cause on a one you miss. If you put it on a bolt gun, if you shoot your bolt gun, you can't assault afterwards because it's not an assault weapon. Okay. So the Volkite Charger gives you the combination of multiple chances to get a hit to get the benefit while also having a decent range at 15 inches while also being an assault weapon where once you fire it, you can still assault after firing with the unit it's attached to. That's so smart. It's very smart. I went with the boarding shield because if that unit gets charged, it basically gives that entire unit, including, you know, those Vorax defensive grenades. Yep. Which is good. And also, I gave him a power fist because you're not going to get the bonus attack for the other weapon anyway. So putting the boarding shield with it isn't, you're not losing anything. And then with the cyber familiar, because Iron Hands can take that, it increases your boarding shield save to a five up to shooting and a four up in close combat. I feel like it's a good, like, one of the best, if not the best, Pravian loadouts. That is not a unit you want to charge. <laughs> so then the three Vorax, I left the same. It's just three Vorax with the bio-corrosive ammo. For troops, I took uh, ten, 10 tactical marines. The sergeants have artificer armor, power weapon. I like axes and melt-a-bombs. And right of the... Uh, 
Head of the Gorgon allows you to take Land Raiders as dedicated transports. So I thought it was cool to take advantage of that. So I put these guys in a, in a Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade Armored Ceramite. So Beefy. these ta these tactical Marines can charge out. And I bought the, I bought the whole unit, the extra close combat weapon as well. So okay. you can assault out of it. So these guys can get out and bolt or something. Or you can start them on the board and they can, you know, bolter stuff from a distance if he wants to still do that or whatever. But it adds more guns to the list with the Land Raider. It uses the Land Raider Phobos like he says he wants to use. And I also feel like that's a it's part of the right of war, so I'm trying to get the most out of the benefits from the right of war. And this can outflank, correct? Yes, if it wants to, yes. Yeah. So then for the second troop's choice, I took it's identical. So it's 10 tactical marines uh, buying the extra close combat weapons. So they have bolter, bolt pistol close combat weapon. The sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon, melt-a-bombs, and they're in a land raider Phobos with dozer blade, armored ceramite. For elites, I took his, I kept his five Gorgon Terminators that he's got. Uh, two of them have Chain Fist, but I put them, instead of in a Land Raider, like in his list, I put these guys in a Spartan. So it's a Spartan with Armored Ceramite and Dozer Blade, and the reason I put him in a Spartan is because in his original list, where does his Iron Father go? Right. So I put him in the Spartan so that it has the extra capacity to throw the Iron Father in with the Gorgons. Makes sense. Plus, it gives yeah. you, and because he's reusing the Land Raider on the tacticals, he'll have to buy another transport anyway to put the guys in. So it's not he's still using all of his models. So I put the Spartan in there. Then for the second Elite's choice, I took his Castellax unit that he has, but I just took them base. They're just normal Castellax with the dual bolter and the bolt cannon. I like the Darkfire Cannons and the Enhanced Targeting Arrays, but they're just so expensive. And I'm trying to get the most in this list, so I just had to cut upgrades somewhere. So I kept the same number of Castellacs. They're just the, the basic ones instead of the upgraded ones. Still gotcha. good, though. And then for Heavy Support, um, instead of Predators, um, I went with two Vindicators. And the Vindicators have Dozer Blades and Machine Spirit. And the reason I like that is because you can outflank with the Vindicators. Normally, I don't Oof. like Vindicators, but yeah. Scott runs them here with Head of the Gorgon, and they work amazing because they come in from outflank, and if you got Machine Spirit, you can boot drive them on 12 inches and then fire 24 inches in with the Demolisher Cannon, and you can get around Flare Shields and all that because you can hit side arcs, rear arcs, whatever. And it's good at killing both infantry and tanks. It's way more versatile than just having... The problem with the Melta Cannon thing is there's... You can shut off Armored Ceramite. With Armored Ceramite, you get rid of the Melta. So then you're, you know what I mean? And it's and it's a shorter range. It's only 18-inch, where this is a 24-inch range, and you're just getting the bonus strength, which they can't shut off with just War Gear. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, also, these Predators, the way he's got them loaded out with the Pinnel Multi-Melta, he's, he's only going to have to snap fire that. Because if they move at all, you can only fire one weapon at full ballistic field because they're not fast or anything like that. So I like the Demolishers. I like the Vindicator because it just has the one fucking gun. And also with the Machine Spirit, you can't stun it. If you stun it where it can't, it has to snap fire, you can just use the Machine Spirit to fire the Demolisher Cannon anyway. It's very smart. Hell yeah. So, and I put them, put them in separate squadrons instead of putting them in one. So it's two separate targets that can maybe outflank in from, you know, either side. You don't not get both of them for you know, fucking up one roll. 
you know what I mean? It just gives you more opportunity for them to come in, come in on different sides, and also shoot at different things and whatever. So that's the list I wrote for him. So in the list I wrote, it's got two Land Raider Phoboses, a Spartan, two Vindicators, the Castellacs, uh, the Terminators, a more Beatstick Iron Father, and then the same, a better Pravian with the Vorax. So I just feel like it's an all-round better army. And most of it's outflanking, I'm guessing. So start on the, you're starting just, on the table with. It just depends. I mean, I wouldn't you I wouldn't put it all on outflank. I would definitely outflank the vindicators. I would probably just outflank the vindicators and leave the rest on the table. The vorax, yeah. I would I would scout up. The reason I would scout the vorax is because he only has one thing with a cortex controller. So you don't want to put that guy in reserve because then your Castellax just automatically don't have a cortex controller in range. Right. I dig it. I like it. So I would scout up the Vorax and then just put the Castellax behind them as backup so that they stay within Cortex range and just kind of run them together in a little group, which is fluffy anyway. It's very fluffy. Good so list, I, I, this. I thought it was pretty cool. I would have never thought to put uh, two Vindicators in Head of the Gorgon, but now that I think about it, it makes a lot of sense. It's a Scott thing. I can't claim credit for that. Not to say I wouldn't have came up with it. There is parallel thinking, but Scott, I've, I'm going to give credit to Scott because I've physically seen him doing it and it works well. So, yeah, you're having the whole board to hit side arc, 10-1, avoiding flare shield. Yeah. 10-2, I think the demolish uh, yeah. is 2. Yeah, 10-2, sorry. So, makes sense. Very cool. I like that. All right, so I guess we'll move on to number list number three here. And this is going to be a 3,000-point White Scars uh, Chigorian Brotherhood. So he said, Greetings again from Adam in St. Louis. Your podcast is awesome and has become my favorite over those down under Dick Kicker's Great Eye Force podcast. Just say oh, we're man. the same. Yeah, don't put anybody over anybody. Yeah, we're not better than them. They're my favorite podcast by far over Joe Rogan. So that's saying something. And Joe Rogan had Alex Jones. <laughs> I don't see. Yeah, <laughs> I have to categorize. I can't, I can't pick. Don't make me pick. I'm not going to pick. I like them all. I'm like legitimately bummed that there is uh, like a lull. Like they had this break. Like it, it really fucks with me. Like I've had to go. Like, if I was a husband, I would be a cheating husband because, like, I go, like, just try anything now, any other podcast, just to get something in my ear whenever I have Horace is in there. Because their they're episodes are so fucking long, like, you know, four-hour, five-hour episodes, that, like, that takes up a good portion of, like, a day, and, like, I got to go find. So, like, whenever they're out of it or, like, they're out of whatever, you know, it's it kind of messing me up, dude. I got to fill that void with, like, other podcasts not bad there's always varangian heresy like all the list of other guys there's a lot they're of podcasts. In, they're in my loop but like now i've got this like five hour void inside my loop <laughs> i've been anyway. listening to that revolutions podcast it's really good it's like a history podcast i like it a lot um so i like binged listens to that like there's a ton of episodes of that and i listen to all of them i'm caught up now I've it's really good radio i've replaced I have Horace with Radio Lab while they're on like a uh, break, but I've been killing too many Radio Labs. But anyway, 
Uh, Adam says, so I was hoping you can help me with expanding my white scars by using any right of war you feel expands on my current models. So what I currently own is as follows. One Praetor on bike, one Chaplain on bike, one Librarian on bike, 18 bikes with three power fists, five power weapons, 30 tactical marines with sergeants, four combi plasmas, two melta guns, and four plasma guns, three attack bikes with multi-meltas, two predator battle tanks with last cannon sponsons, and currently I'm playing Armored Breakthrough, but willing to change it up for what I have and what I should buy. Thank you again, Adam. He sent me another email I didn't bother forwarding you. He also has three rhinos. He forgot to add that, but he has three okay. rhinos too. So I saw this, like, obviously Armored Breakthrough will work with this, but I went with, because he's already playing White Scars, I feel like, to utilize the stuff that he had way better, I switched it over to Chikorin Brotherhood. Okay. Yeah. Makes because sense. he's got all these bikes. Like why not just make those troops instead of the predators? Cause he has more bikes than predators and then take the tactical Marines and make them veteran tax. Cause he's got all the special weapons anyway. And then you'll end up with five scoring units that are big instead of five with two of them that are just individual predators. So that's kind of my thought process going into this. So this is what I came up with. Where is it at? There it is. So this is a 3000 point Chagorn Brotherhood list. So I went with a Praetor, uh, with short Gorn Brotherhood, a Paragon blade, digital lasers, iron halo, Cyberhawk, And he's on a space Marine bike. Okay. Then for his second HQ, I took a chaplain with a his free power weapon, which I made an axe, and he's an artificial armor, and he's on a space marine bike. Then I took a ma- level two mastery level two librarian with artificer armor, force axe, and he's on a space marine bike. So that uses all of his characters. Then for his two core troops, uh, I made them both uh, nine man outrider squads. Um, one of the guy is upgraded to the sergeant, and the sergeant has a power glaive, which is the legion-specific weapon um, that white scars get. And then two of the guys have power weapons. I would do axes, but he could do whatever he wants. And then he says that he plays with multi-bombing. I ask him, and so I gave all of these bikes multi bombs. Fuck yeah, which makes them good. If 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 you don't allow multi-bombing outriders are pretty fucking pointless in my opinion for their points like they're pretty shit but with melt bombs allowed they're pretty decent uh so anyway i have two of that squad so another nine man outrider squad sergeant with power glaive two power weapons in the unit melt bombs on the whole squad so that's just two core troops then for elites the first elite choice i have a 10 man veteran tactical squad uh i put them down as machine killers but we've went over this a million times you can pick before the game um, but uh, it's so it's a 10 man squad. Four of them have combi plasmas. Um, and two of them have plasma guns. The sergeant has artificer armor and they're in a rhino with multi melta. So in this right of war, these guys can outflank if you want. And the other thing I like is that Cyberhawk uh, thing, the war gear that white scars get. If a unit within six inches of that Cyberhawk shoots, they get to reroll ones to hit. So with all these plasma guns, if you put them, you know, you can put that bird down anywhere and then outflank next to the bird and close to the enemy and then shoot and get to reroll all ones on those plasma guns to get around all the gets hot. Heck yeah. 
So I thought that was cool. And also the out the outflanking thing is obviously fluffy with white scars. That's why it's included in the right of war. So the next, so the second elite choice I took is another full 10 man veteran squad. So I made these guys, their marksmen, but once again, you can pick before the game begins. So it's a uh, full 10 man squad. Sergeant has artificer armor. Two of the guys have melta guns. Um, and they're in a rhino with multi melta. By the way, all of these vets have melta bombs. So every single vet I'm talking about, I gave gave melta bombs because he allows multi bombing. So then for the third elite choice, um, I took another ten man marksman vet squad. Um, all of them have melta bombs. Uh, the two special weapon guys have plasma guns. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor, and they're in a they're in the third and final rhino with a multi melta. So he's got the thirty vets. Then for the fourth elite slot, I took an apothecary with augury scanner and put him on a bike. And then for fast attack, um, I increased his three man bike squad to a five man bike squad with multi meltas. So we'll have to get two more of those. Then I added in a javelin squadron. That's three javelins. Um, uh, each of them have a multi melta and twin linked cyclone missile launcher. So the three javelins then for heavy support, uh, I swapped, I got rid of the Predators because they they lose fast because he's not taking armor breakthrough anymore, so they're kind of pointless with the way as I'm loaded out because they have a bunch of guns on them and they only get to shoot one. So for the same points as the two Predators, you can get rid of those and take a Fire Raptor uh, with auto cannons and four Hell Strikes. And then there was enough points left over to throw in a Sicker Inventor Tank Destroyer for the the last hit, the last heavy. That sounds brutal, man. I was not expecting the fire after, but I dig it. Like it's very yeah. So it's got thirty vets with melta bombs in it, with you know different loadouts, uh, five attack bikes with multi melta, three javelins with multi meltas and cyclones, fire after, Sakaran destroyer, uh, eighteen outrider bikes all with melta bombs with a bunch of power weapons in them, and then the three good close combat characters with the support librarian. To I would go divination and put you know prescient twin link. Certain everything. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the multi-melted bikes or veterans yeah. or whatever. And then hopefully maybe hit like ignores cover or pick an enemy unit and everything is rending against it or whatever. It's pretty good. Yeah. So I, I really think this is a solid list. And I think switching over to the Chikorin Brotherhood, it's going to give all of these uh, attack bikes and outriders plus one to their jank and hit and run and all the good white scar stuff. I like it. I think it's a very competitive list. And it's a very fluffy list too. Yeah, I think it's he'll he'll be able to utilize, and this uses all the models he has, every single one of them, except for the two predators, and 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 then all the and then he'll have to obviously buy some extra stuff, which he admitted to in the email. He'll have to buy a fire raptor, a sticker and tank javelins. destroyer, and the javelins and two more attack bikes. But we talked, I because he was like saving money, he didn't maybe want to buy javelins, and I was like, well, in Chagorn Brotherhood, you have to have a a, a, a fast attack for each heavy support that you have. You can't have more heavy than fast. So right. instead of taking javelins, I told him he could just take more attack bikes or take normal speeders. If he just wants to stick with cheaper GW plastic kits, you could just replace the javelins with normal land speeders. I never see so. that list not running jet bikes, so it's kind of cool to see it running uh, Outriders. Yeah. Yeah, so. it makes it more close combat oriented, which is possible with the multi bombing thing. Without yeah. multi bombing, I don't think this list works very well. Mm -hmm. 
you'd have to you'd have to swap them out for jet bikes, like you said. Okay. So now Mr. Dan's list. So Dan says, Hi both. First off, let me say how much I love your podcast. It is often the only sane thing I hear at work. I often worry I'm going to blow my cover through though by laughing out loud at the fury of Ryan Unbound. <laughs> I'm catching up after starting to listen fairly recently, but I've reached episode 36. I was hoping you'd be able to help me out with my Death Guard army. I've been talking to David Brains of 30K Channel fame about appearing in one of his battle report videos. I seem to be struggling to make something that feels suitably, suitably impressive. As such, I need inspiration to help me come up with something solid with lots of Death Guard flavor, and that will be interesting for the viewers to watch. I've got a couple ideas, but I don't want to tie your hands too much. The general parameters of Mr. Brains gave me were, I, the list needs to be 3,000 points. It needs to feature Matarian. I was thinking of fielding him with a chaplain and a Deathstroud Ratnu, but I'm open to other ideas. Uh, the ideas for themes I had were a full Terminator list featuring Grave Wardens, Terminator units, and Deathstroud, and some kind of delivery mechanism for them all. A The Reaping list featuring all the forbidden weapons a Death Guard can lay their hands on, like Phosphex, Rad Grenades, Chemunition Flamers, and Halitosis. Uh, other than Bolters, a list that only uses heat chem energy weapons. A rough summary of my collection is as follows. This is what he has painted. He has 20-ish tactical marines as well as an option for sergeants, nuncio boxes, and vexillas. He's got five tactical support marines with flavors, 10 heavy support missile launchers, Callus Typhon, a forge lord, two quad launchers and crew, Kalth Terminator's Praetor, unmodified to the combi molter, it's combi melter and chain fist. He's got two rhinos with pintle flamers, three land raiders, two Leviathan Dreadnoughts with uh, Siege Claw, Cyclonic Melts Lance, and Phosphex Discharmer, Dischargers and Heavy Flamers. He's got five Death Shroud Terminators, 15 Grave Warden, including a Sergeant and Chain Fist options, all painted. To be painted, three Contemptor Dreadnoughts. There's a variety of ways to build these, so feel free to suggest something if you had something in mind. Spartan, three Medusas, 10 Heavy Flamers, plus the Marines to go with them, 10 Volkite Culverns, plus the Marines to go with them, one quad launcher and crew, loads of various combi weapons for Mark IV Marines and the various Marines who attach to them, a couple of blisters of new Death Guard Power Scythes. I'm also opening to buying some new stuff if needs be, as long as you're not going to tell me to dispose of the lot and start again. Here's hoping you can help me out. Thanks again for all your work and on the podcast, chaps. Dan, not related to Ben Porter. Dang. He sent he us a this. couple other emails. Did you see the other emails he wrote after this one? Did you get those two, or did he just respond to me? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Hang on, I'll, I'll read because he added oh, some stuff. Was it the ones like uh, "Feel free, like if you're too busy"? I think so. There was. I was trying to. Th I thought there was something in there. So he oh, said. He's I now realize that you're up to the eyeballs busy. Don't worry about my list request unless you're especially interested in helping out. I was especially interested. <laughs> he said, you're a legend, Ryan, driving whatever fucking lane you want, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm taking his <laughs> advice. Scott's making faces at me. People are showing up. Um, anyway. Driving whatever lane you want. So I was pumped to do this because I get to help this guy out, and we were big fans of uh, David Brains and the 30K channel. So there was a lot of pressure to get this one right and make something cool because it's going to be 
featured on there and it needs to be right. So, uh, I did this one up special and I really think I hit the nail on the head this time. I'm going to pat myself on the back. So I named this list Dan's Death Guardy Death Guard of Death. Nice. It's appropriate. That's the name of the list. So the theme behind this list was I just wanted to build the most overt Death Guard list I could think of. Like, I want everything in this list to be as Death Guard as possible. So let me know what you think. So I took a Siege Breaker for his compulsory HQ. I took a Siege Breaker with Artificer Armor Power Fist. So he's effectively going to unlock Phosphex and also Siege Breaker's pretty fluffy for Death Guard anyway. For his second uh, HQ, I took a Chaplain in uh, Tartaros Terminator Armor uh, with a sword for his Crozius, and then I upgraded him to a Chain Fist and Rad Grenades. So this is an FAQ question. You know, we always talk about if a Chaplain takes Terminator Armor, does he keep his normal weapon? Yeah. yeah. So the reason this loadout, if he does, Forge World's yet to answer is, if he does, it gives you a Chain Fist and a sword. So you could, against, like, if you want to strike at initiative, you could, you know, because you're fighting just bullshit Marines, you could throw down on them with the sword. Whereas if you're fighting a tank or something that you need more hitting power, don't mind going last, you can go to to the chain fist. So that gives you a little variety. Um, And the chap, so the chaplain has chain fist and rag grenades Uh, for troops. I took a 10 man, your normal 10 man tactical squad. I bought the additional close combat weapon. So they're going to have bolt pistol, bolter, chain sword. The sergeant I upgraded to Artificer Armor, um, Death Shroud Power Scythe, Melt-A-Bombs, and Rad Grenades. So he's pretty decked out sergeant. Then for the second troop's choice, I took another uh, 10-man tactical squad, bought the additional close combat weapon, so Bolter, Bolt Pistol, Chainsword. Uh, sergeants armed the same way. Artificer Armor, Death Shroud Power Scythe, Melt-A-Bombs, Rad Grenades. Um, then... How did those guys? Oh, I. Then for uh, the the third troops choice, I took. um, Let's see. Yeah. Ten heavy support Marines with missile launchers, and I upgraded them to flak missiles. And the sergeant has artificer armor augury scanner. So the the reaping allows you to take these guys as a. non-compulsory troop choices. Um, Then for elites, I took five Death Shroud Terminators, and they're just base, just five Death Shrouds. Um, Then for the other three elite slots, I took single quad mortars. So I have a quad mortar with shatter shells and phosphex times three, but they're all in three separate units. So he has all four elite slots full. So the reason I did the individual quad mortars is because it, Phosphex is pretty overkill on a lot of stuff. So if you can split them off like that, if you have the points and the slots to do it, it just allows you to spread your fire around and also makes it where it's harder for the enemy to get them all in one go. They have to like go around and stomp out each individual one. Um, for heavy support, I took a Land Raider Squadron. Um, the, I don't normally like squadrons, but I pretty much had to because I used all the heavy support slots, so we'll get to that in a second. But in the Land Raider Squadron, I took two identical Land Raider Phoboses. Uh, so they're just Land Raider Phoboses with Armored Ceramite. 
I did not put dozer blades on them because in this particular right of war, the reaping right of war, your entire uh, detachment, including non-Legion Astartes models, get moved through cover. So there's no point spending the five points on the dozer blade because you don't have you auto pass dangerous terrain checks. You just drive over shit and give no fucks. Um, for the second heavy support slot, I took a Spartan with armored ceramite. Um, and then for the third heavy support slot, I took seven Grave Warden Terminators. Uh, two of them have Chain Fist. Um, and then the Kim Master has a Power Scythe and Rad Grenades. And then for the Lord of War, I took Mortarian. So the way the list uh, is laid out, Mortarian, the Siege Breaker, or sorry, Mortarian and the Chaplain go with the Death Shroud in the Spartan. The Siege Breaker joins the heavy support marines to give them tank hunter, and then they have flak missiles, so they also have skyfire, and then the augury scanner on the sergeant gives them interceptor close if somebody tries to deep strike. And then the two uh, pretty assaulty tactical marines, because you got to remember, the power scythe goes at I-3 with AP-2. And then with the rad grenades, it drops your opponent, whatever unit is in close combat with you, down to... Um, tough three, or, well, lowers it by one, but most of the time it's going to end up being tough three with the way Heresy's played uh, with a lot of Marines. But then all those t uh, tactical guys have the extra close combat weapons, so you're going to get a lot of attacks. So it's actually pretty decent in close combat and actually allows you to utilize tactical Marines, which are normally pretty pointless in a list. I actually kind of made them a feature element because they go in those la that Land Raider squadron and you can drive forward. Because it's a squadron, you're going to have to be close together anyway, you're splitting them between the two land raiders, but they can get out, um, then shoot a bunch of bolt pistol shots, and then charge in with all 20 of those guys for a total of like 60 attacks at initiative going against something that's going to be knocked down to toughness three, more than likely. It's pretty good. Hell yeah. Very good. So, and uh, the Death, Death Guard have some of the better challenge sergeants in the game because... You can give them artificer armor, so if you have something that goes at I-4, they're pretty protected against it. You just have to make two-up saves. But then they fight before almost anything else that's AP-2 to get around their armor because they fight at I-3 because the scythe's only minus one. So, like, against other sergeants and shit, it's, like, comic... Like, it's usually a pretty, you know, one-sided in your favor. For sure. Yeah. So, I, I love this list. If you look at it, uh, Mortarian... The quad mortars have phosphex. The gr uh, grave wardens have the chemical fucking uh, grenade things. Uh, the death shrouds have the chemical flamers. Um, ev I think every sergeant, every character in here, other than the siege breaker and the missile launcher guys, uh, has um, rad grenades. Um, it's got the land raiders in there for that like heavy, like just death guard, like blunt you know, blunt force trauma effect to the list or whatever. I yeah. really, really like this list. This is one of my favorite lists I've ever written for this podcast. That's going to be a fun list to watch, like on the 30K channel, like seeing that many dudes, like just unloading just phosphex and rad grenades. It's, it's going to be a lot to keep up with, though. That, I will admit that, like just remembering. Oh, well, like I said, like almost everything has it. So if you just remember, like all my units have rad grenades other than these missile launcher guys that should be fucking hanging back. Yeah. And if you look at it, so I think the list I sent him, I messed up 
because I have on this list that I have, I have the Death Shroud in here as troops, but it doesn't matter. Like they're implacable advanced. So it doesn't matter what slot and you can take yeah. them as HQ or elite. And he's got slots open in both. So I just messed it up and put it in the wrong slot, but it's not going to change the list. But um, like six scoring or something like that. Six scoring units. Well, it's two. Yeah. Two tacticals, heavy support, death shroud. Wait, grave wardens, death shroud, heavy support, two troops. So five. Yeah. Right. Five scoring. So units. five scoring units. And one's in a Spartan and two are in land raiders. The grave wardens are just walking around on foot. They're some of the few terminators like, that's going to be like you start them like right at the front of your appointment and just slowly walk them forward like, you know, Death Guard style and just lay down all the templates. You know, yeah, I just think it's yeah. going to be such a such a cool army. Then you got the Phosphex, you know, all split up or you can shoot at different targets. And then you got the missile guys, you know, laying down. They're going to be good at pretty decent anti-tank with Tank Hunter. They're going to be really good at killing jets. I didn't want to throw a jet in the list, but I wanted a good anti-air element. So I felt like the flak, tank hunting flak missiles on a full 10-man unit would be pretty good at any air while still maintaining that death guard feel death death shroud don't leave templates behind right they just death shroud death shroud are the flamer guys oh i'm sorry the grave wardens the no they uh okay. they have the poison small blast okay but they don't stay behind <laughs> templates. sorry people are showing up for game night i need to close this door but anyway we're almost done yeah so that works out yeah I dig it, man. I think it's a great list. Yeah, I, I love it. So hopefully, uh, I know that Dan really liked it. I sent him, he already sent me a message back saying he loved it. So um, hopefully this, like, he paints it up real nice and uh, David over at 30K Channel approves and it gives him a good battle report. But I don't think you can build it. anything more Death Guard. I mean, could you get more Death Guard? No. No. Templates, rad grenades, fucking <laughs> just march forward and unload sickness onto people. So, so that's pretty that's much it. That's it for list, man. That's it. And I know you got this game night going on, but you want to go ahead and spin the wheel? Yeah, we got to do that. So is, is there anything else other than the wheel spinning? Look at our little chart. I couldn't remember if we had anything else to add. Nope, that's it. Just wheel spin. It says 3,000 point reaping. Dan Porter, need help with 30K channel. Wheel of culture. Wheel of culture. <laughs> All right, so here we go. So, do we need to go over what it is again? Uh, yeah, I would. I'm gonna okay. pull up the okay. Facebook shares to see like how many people there are in case we land on viewer, listener, 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 or if we land on Age of Darkness because it's now a listener panel. Okay, so basically, guys, what this is this is a wheel that we spin every few weeks and. What we do is there on, on this wheel on every little wedge, there is the other 30k podcast out there. We go over them pretty often, so uh, it has every, every other 30k podcast on there. And there's officially three spots that are for listeners, correct? Because it was the original listeners, now there's the Eye of Horror spot, and then there's the so Age have, of Dark. I did that, on my own. that was before the wheel, okay? That was before the wheel, okay? So there's just two right now, there's only two because we landed on listener last time, okay. So we have two listener spots open, guys. The way this works is if we land on a listener spot, we go through our – on our Facebook page, we post the link to our podcast to listen to it. And if you shared that link, and in this case, it's actually going to be three different ones that, that you shared, uh, you get a number, 
we roll a dice or we do a random number generator, however it works. And if you are part of those shares, then you are in the listener running pool to uh, to get a cultural exchange. And what we do is we send a uh, food bas- a food box full of uh, local foods to our state. It doesn't matter if you're in a different country or anything like that. We'll still get it to you. And uh, the way that you get entered is by by sharing the podcast, guys. Get our name out there. Make us a make us a bigger podcast. But uh, I've got this perfect view of the wheel. So Ryan, if so you're ready, gonna, I'm ready. I'm going to read through the podcast just so people know, so they can also go listen to these other podcasts. It's a, it's a good way to advertise it too. Like while we're doing this, so we got independent characters, 30k channel, the listener panel, the Eye of Horus podcast. The Northern Heresy Podcast, the Varangian Heresy Podcast, the Don't Lose Your Head Podcast, the Covenant of Fire Podcast with bees, now with extra bees, <laughs> podcast, the Loaded Dice Podcast, the Geno 52 Podcast, the Age of Darkness Podcast, which is now Listener, the Sons of Heresy Podcast, the Seize the Initiative Podcast, and that's it. So that's what we're working with here. Who, who was after the Covenant of Fire? Covenant of Fire. Loaded dice, right? Combat phase. Combat phase. Okay. Kenny Lowell. Mr. Kenny. All so right. Sounds so good. Are we ready? Are we ready? Spin that wheel. A! I like an E! <laughs> e! <laughs> oh. Boom. Don't lose your head, podcast. The Don't Lose Congrat- Your Head podcast. Congratulations, my sweetest friends. You're going to cost me about $65 in shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to get some Whataburger ketchup. So it sounds good. We, we will get that shipped out, man. Ryan, I'll let you get to your game day. I hear people coming in over there. And yeah. uh, I guess that wraps it up. I'm going to go and play some so of I'll this. Shoot uh, the, uh, I'll shoot the video once shit gets rolling here so people can see like what they're missing out by not living in Indiana, I guess. Sounds fantastic. They can, we'll they can have me yell at them in person, speak at, at several, several octaves. decibels above what I, sh- octaves, I believe it's pitch, right? <laughs> no, decibel, you're right, decibels. Octave yeah. is like, like this versus this. Yeah. So, uh, if you, if you really want a, a nasally, a short nasally man to speak at you with a hint of anger, at decibels <laughs> higher than what he should, you could move to Indiana and be part of our game club. Boom, guys. And and for those <laughs> listening for the first time, that don't lose your head wedge is now a listener wedge. So yes. the odds of y'all getting sure. cultural exchange uh, are more. Because I want to leave them on here so when we read through, we know their names. I'll put yeah. a little star. I'll mark a little star where we know that they've already gotten some. But <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Once we get down, once we get down, like, what are we going to do? Like, when they're all listener panels and you just get that one podcast that's just so fucking unlucky, they just don't get anything. You know, that's just what happens. That's, that's just what like, happens. Um, kind of like, guys. Sorry, I don't, I don't know which podcast is going to be, but I feel like yeah. when we get low, maybe we'll have to like make their wedge wider so that we'll give them two wedges them, or like three wedges, wedges, something. We can cheat. We get to write the rules, so we get to do what the fuck we want. It's pretty badass. It's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. So, anyway, I got some music that is sent in today. So, 
I'll go ahead and close out on that. And I think that was from James Dean sent us some music. So rock and roll, guys. Y'all have a good one. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>